Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Will five be enough? Well, that's coming right up. But first, it's time to say, wake up, everybody. It is that time. Yes, it is Fox Football Sunday. Yes, he's Brian No, I'm Andy Furman. Of course, we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios. We're brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote now. The best part of the week for me, introducing my friend, my partner, the brains of the outfit. He truly is the hardest working man in show business today. I love having him here. He is the one, the only, Brian Obi. How are you, buddy? What's up? Apple Cinnamon. I'm great, Andy Furman. As we inch closer to the month of December, I inch closer to Apple Cinnamon. Apple Cinnamon. bars. That's right. I have abstained for the month of November eating a little healthier, and I say the heck with health in December. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. So we're getting closer to that time. And, and certainly December is a kind of year for parties. I don't know how many pandemic parties they'll be having this year, but it's party season and you eat junk food and candy, whatever it may be. So I'm glad to see you going in that direction. Well, good. I'm glad that you are for my lack of health. You know, I, I appreciate well, that. Well, I mean, you know, still. <laughs> I know. Everybody has a choice. You got to live it up a little bit in life, Exactly. Andy, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. There we go. You know, it's been a pretty good week and uh, – I look at what happened yesterday. I think there was something like 18 football games postponed, and it keeps on going around and around in my mind, so I want to get it out of my head right now. You know, I say to myself, why did they even bother to play? 
I, I, I love it. I really do. I, I'm in front of the tube on Saturdays. I'm watching games. I'm watching Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I'm watching Cincinnati, UCF. I'm watching Ohio State, Indiana. I'm watching them all. And then I'm saying, why are they putting these these players in harm's way to some extent, and why are they postponing all these games? And it doesn't make any sense. And now Tuesday night we have the first Final Four, so to speak, votes, and it's not even fair. You got a team like Wisconsin that's played three games. Ohio State's played what four games? It doesn't make any sense. And in the Big Ten, they say you have to play at least six games to get into the Big Ten championship game. How's it going to happen? Well, look, man, there's a lot there, Andy. The first part is you know why they're playing, okay? It's cash, baby, right? Like, that's an easy one. That's a layup. And also, these players aren't playing against their will. They want to play, you know? It's just if there are COVID cases like we had leading up to the Clemson-Florida State game, it might be called just a couple of hours before the game starts, right? right? It's a crazy time to be playing games. So while you're trying to navigate through a global pandemic yeah there are going to be a lot of games called off but if there are instances where you've done testing where you haven't detected positive cases like i think it's reasonable enough to say yeah let's tee it up you know so that's the first part i would say now where it goes from there in terms of how many games are played by certain teams that's where it becomes chaotic it's It's complete chaos Yes, I mean, you look at the Pac-12, there have been numerous games that have been called off, and it's only a seven-game schedule to begin with. Right. So in terms of picking four final teams for the college football playoff, good luck with that one. I mean, you, you look at Northwestern and Wisconsin. Northwestern is like 5-0, and Wisconsin's 2-1. and I mean, what kind of balance is that? And Wisconsin is certainly deserving, I guess, to be in the conversation for a Final Four team, but it's not going to happen playing three games. It's not. Well, that's why I think they should expand the playoff field this year. I think coming up with eight teams is a lot easier than coming up with four teams because for it to be that select of a list with all these games being canceled, like these games that are just suspect, like postponed, quote unquote, when are you making them up? Right. Right. When are you making them up when it matters, when it still matters for the college football playoff race, you know? So I think that postponed is just a nicer way of saying canceled because I don't know when they're going to be made up again. It's like if you're a quote unquote laid off from work, that sounds better than you're fired. You still don't have a job either way. You know what I mean? I think it's just a nicer way of saying you don't work here anymore. You bring up an interesting point about maybe uh, expanding the playoffs. I thought maybe in this direction, instead of expanding it, how about like a play in game? to get into that Final Four. So in other words, you have Alabama number one. We have Notre Dame number two. That's a given. Ohio State probably be number three, and Clemson will probably be number four. But the fifth team, uh, pressing against the window, so to speak, you got to say could very well be Brigham Young or Cincinnati. Although I think Cincinnati has a better track record and what they've done as far as their schedule is, is better than Brigham Young, although Brigham Young has won bigger games as far as like point-wise big spreads. But let Brigham Young play Cincinnati as a What is it game. with you and Brigham Young, by the way? Well, what is that? They're 9-0. and I, mean, I, I know. Like, I'm just saying, like, instead of BYU, I like how you go. Oh, 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 oh. It's almost like mentioning someone's middle name along with their you know first well, and well, last names. I will tell Brigham you why. Brigham Young. 
Because I like if, it. I, if I go BYU, there's maybe some people out there have no idea what I'm talking about. I, I think it's the other way, actually. You think so? I think it's the opposite. Oh. Well, <laughs> but, well, well, that's whatever. just me. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to derail your point. Listen, the college football playoff rankings come out on Tuesday, and how they'll differ potentially from the AP poll will obviously be very, very interesting. So I don't know what they're going to have and who they might have ahead of another team. It's going to jostle around a little bit. I just think that if you expand it to eight this year, just look at the landscape. Look how many games have been missed. Look how many games will continue to be missed. So to try to gauge, hey, does a whatever, when it's all said and done, let's say Oregon misses a game, right? Let's say it's a 6-0 and Oregon team. Is that better than name it? Right, like a seven and one Florida team. That's going to be really, really tough to figure out at the end. And who knows? It might not even be that much. What if it's a five and zero Oregon team? You know what I mean? Like, right, I just right, think right. you expand it this year more than any other year with uneven amount of games that will be played. Well, you, you know, I, I just think that a it's great to see them playing, but b it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think, as you say. It's all about the green cabbage. It's all about the money. That's why they're playing. They're making their money. But it's going to be a situation where this season is going to be... I mean, wait till Tuesday come. You think there's arguments now. You think there's craziness now. I mean, look, I know it's a topsy-turvy situation. And to some extent, you know, give them credit for even trying to get on the field and play. But look what's happened this year. Penn State, 0-5. Losing to Iowa big time yesterday. And thank goodness, Michigan. Michigan finally wins. It took three OTs, but they beat, I hate to say it, Rutgers. I mean, thank goodness there's a Rutgers on their schedule, but still 48-42. But maybe Michigan found their quarterback. Maybe they found the quarterback for the rest of the season. Yeah, kid came in, looked pretty good, made some decisive throws. I watched the end of that game. That was an entertaining game. And shame on Rutgers, by the way. Good Lord, you talk about just... uh, Stealing a game from yourself, if you will. Michigan missed a field goal in the first overtime, and Rutgers got completely conservative on offense. I don't know if you were watching that, Andy, but on third down, they just centered the ball. They lost two yards and just put the ball in the middle of the field So to set up their field goal kicker. It was a 45-yard field goal. You know what I mean? Like You started at the 25 and lost yardage. You gotta just you gotta try to gain yards. What are you doing? And so the Rutgers kicker missed that kick. It goes into a second overtime. The first play of the second overtime, Rutgers throws this this fancy trick screenplay that goes for a touchdown. And I'm like, if you threw the ball in the first overtime, you're probably gaining enough yards where it's a closer field goal at worst, and you win that game. I thought that was terrible by Rutgers in the first overtime. Well, you know what? They're a bad team. And Michigan, I mean, you give them credit for the win, but the, the amount of points you're giving up to a bad Rutgers team, it doesn't bode well for their defense. But still, a win is a win, and they needed to win badly. They really did. Well, hey, man, uh, that's not exactly the star-studded matchup next week that we thought it was going to be with Michigan and Penn State. And i say it again, with Jim Harbaugh and Michigan having a terrible season, it lightens the pressure on James Franklin and Penn State, because to be winless, my goodness, he should be getting called out much more than he is. But with Jim Harbaugh heading into the game last night at 1-3 and three and barely squeaking it out against Rutgers, that's where the venom seems to be directed. Right. It's at Jim Harbaugh, when I think a lot of it should be at James Franklin. They're 0-5, Andy. How, do you, how are you winless right now? 
Well, I, I think the venom is going because of A, he's a bigger f- figure th- than James Franklin, and B, the amount of money he makes. I think that's the problem. I mean, people really look at money. I mean, look, that's happened in athletics all over the place. I and mean, why are some athletes hated? You know, guy, you go to a ball game, you sit in the stands, a guy strikes out. Oh, what well, money he makes, he's striking out. It's all about the money. P- people hate it. It's envy, it's jealousy, and it's hate. That's what it is. Okay, fine, but it's not like James Franklin is making a dollar ninety-five each but year. But the average guy on the street doesn't know how much he's even making because they know that Jim Harbaugh, if he's not the highest-paid college coach, he's right up there. I don't care. He's still making a lot of money. Well, I, so I just agree. because a lot of people aren't aware, it doesn't make him right. You know, James right. Franklin is making a lot of cash, and also he's winless. Jim Harbaugh doesn't have a sparkling record, but at least it has two W's on it. Right, right. There's nothing for James Franklin. That's all I'm saying is I get Jim Harbaugh is a rock star. He's a known guy. He's directly under the microscope. It's been like that not only this year, but four years. So I get why that's a big story, but he's got wins. Like, you have nothing with James Franklin. So that's all I'm saying is he should be criticized more so for this year being in just a complete dumpster fire total disaster and we'll see like next week will be a good test if Michigan beats Penn State which they should like yeah, yeah. then is James Franklin called out more I'm just saying he should be fair is fair if you're going to call out Jim Harbaugh you got to call out James Franklin 0-5 they've never been 0-5 I mean it, it amazes me I mean I don't think anybody saw that coming did they I mean I, I don't think anybody saw Penn it's State it's a top 10 team right I mean at the beginning oh, of the year 0-5 how, how does that happen? How do you go from top 10 to winless? I mean, there's got to be some sort of dissension in that ball club right now. I mean, he didn't become a worse coach in a year. Something's going on internally with that ball club, and we'll probably find out before it's too late. They just stink, man. Like, they've well, had a couple of injuries. They, uh, I think, yeah. listen, I think that uh, – I think snowball's going two ways, Andy. I think there are – Obviously, bad snowballs where you lose a game, you had high expectations, you start to press, you lose more. We know that one. There are also good snowballs. I think about the Indiana-Penn State game where that was was a snowball game. It snowballed in a bad way for Penn State. It snowballed in a good way for Indiana. If Indiana dropped that game, I don't know that they would have been unbeaten heading into the game yesterday against Ohio State. And if they lost the game against Penn State earlier in the year – Indiana might have got smacked around to the tune of four touchdowns by Ohio State yesterday, right? But they fought right, back, right. only lost by a touchdown. So I thought that was a that was a snowball game for both teams. So who knows where Penn State would be today had they beaten Indiana when they should have in that first game. As long as the running back doesn't score a touchdown, they win. Right? And the funny At the end of that game. Is- yeah, losing to Indiana at the time was a lot worse than it seems to be now. I mean, they, they were shocked. I lose to Indiana, but Indiana came out to be, hey, Indiana's not that bad. What, they rank ninth in the country right now. And they, they hung with Ohio State for a while. Then the Ohio State running game just put them away yesterday. Master Teague, Master Teague did it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Not a great performance by Justin Fields. Three picks. No, I know. But Early uh, on Ohio too. State had enough to, to fend off IU. Pretty entertaining game. It Very was. entertaining game. I like yeah. it. Who were you rooting for? I was pulling for Indiana. I like the underdog. Well, I, really I, li- I always like to see a good game. So typically the team that's trailing, I root for them to get closer. So there's some drama. So right. <laughs> I was pretty much pulling for Indiana that game because they were trailing, right? Right. You know, it's funny you mention that because you know, I look forward to watching these games. 
And, and then when they're out of control, I think the score was something like 24 to 7 at one point in time in that game. So I clucked it off for a minute. I said, come on, give me a game. Give me a game that's worth watching. Now, the Cincinnati UCF game, that was pretty entertaining and it was close. It was nip and tuck. And then I turned on the Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game. Oklahoma State, they're a bunch of frauds. They really are. I mean, come on, they just can't beat Oklahoma. They see Sooners on the jersey and they wilt. They really do. And that game was out of control. It's amazing. It really is. Hey, man, it happens. Sometimes you get some out-of-control games, you know? Well, I mean, I'm hearing you, but I don't like watching them. That's all I could say. But we are out of control right now, but we're going to roll on here because we have a big, big game today and a big show today for you. He's Brian No. Get him on Twitter at The No Show. I'm Andy Furman. Get me at Andy Furman FSR. Get us both on the telephone at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. Our lineup, Bronx Talk Radio this hour with the amazing Chris P. Hour two, bottom barrel betting. And of course, nose picks coming right at you at hour number three. But we're going to take a break from ball. That's next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a brand new team starting today. We'll get to that in just about a minute, 21 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Noam, Andy Furman, and we are live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studio. And B, it is amazing that we have a fandom out there. The one and only Roger Thornhill. Sounds like he's a little British. Could very well be. Roger Thornhill on Twitter says, there are only two reasons, two reasons to be up at 6 a.m. Eastern on a Sunday. And those two are... Brian Nolan, Andy Furman, keep up the great work. How do you like that? Very How nice. do you like that? Very nice. Roger Thornhill, love that. I love and I don't that. know him. Do you know him? Sounds I don't distinguished, know. you know? Yes, he does. British, we love positive British. tweets like that, but especially from distinguished people. We love those yes. even more. Very. I tell you what, maybe, uh, I'm just thinking he could very well be like a PhD kind of guy, but we move on. I don't know. Anyway, a big story today, which is happening, and it kind of happened the other day, that Taysom Hill... Is not gonna, he's going to start a quarterback instead of Jameis Winston for the New Orleans Saints today. And I, I scratch my head and I say, why? Why is that happening? I understand Drew Brees not playing because he had crap ribs last week against the 49ers. The Saints have won six straight. I don't think it's going to be a problem beating beating the, the competition today, the Saints. But Taysom Hill over Jameis Winston, any reasoning do you have besides the fact that they're paying him 21 mil and he's got to play? Well, yeah, I've got a few reasons. I don't understand why this is like, how could you start someone over Jameis? Let's start with that. Did people forget that Jameis Winston is a walking turnover machine? That's the whole thing. I can understand being skeptical of Taysom Hill. I don't know how good he's going to be in the NFL. The Saints are optimistic that he can be a legit starter. Time will tell. I understand the skepticism. But to take it to the degree of, how can they start this guy over Jameis Winston? He's got more experience. Yeah, he's got more experience. You know what else he has? What else he has? He's got a ton of turnovers more than Taysom Hill. He threw 30 picks last year right. with a very good supporting cast. So this idea of like, how can you not start Jameis? Really? Are we really going there? Have we just completely forgotten about Jameis Winston's track record just as a quarterback in the NFL? Are you kidding? Like, like, it's just crazy what I've heard this whole week is if Taysom Hill can't throw the ball five yards and Jameis Winston is like, he's a hybrid of Mahomes and old school Joe Montana. It's ridiculous what Jameis Winston has been built up into being, which he isn't at all. Right. I'm hearing what you're saying, and you're saying is is the truth. But in my mind, if that's the reasoning then why in the fact that they signed him in the first place? If you knew he was a liability, if you knew he threw 30 INTs last year, and if you knew he was a turnover machine, why put him on your roster? Because when he was signed, they say he may very well be the heir apparent to Drew Brees. 
right? So he's there. And the fact that the only the only reason I could see Taysom Hill playing is the fact that maybe, and I know it sounds really foolish, that the Atlanta Falcons have no tape whatsoever on Taysom Hill, so it's going to be difficult for them to have their defensive. You, I mean, does it make a difference? I don't think so. But that what else could it be? I mean, unless Jameis Winston right now has really – Screwed up in pre in, in in the practices during the week. I don't know. I I was shocked. I was I was shocked. Well, look, a few things here. Taysom Hill is like a battering ram. So if you're asking why do you sign Jameis Winston, he cost a million dollars. He's got a ton of experience. Drew Brees has been injury prone as of late. And if your backup guy is Taysom Hill, who thinks that he's Bronco Nagurski just bowling over middle linebackers and strong safeties, well, you can get injured doing those things, right? So it made all the sense in the world to sign Jameis for a million dollars. That's obvious. Of course you sign a guy who's had experience like him. And on the plus side, Jameis threw for over 5,000 yards last year. He threw for 33 touchdowns. There is a lot of good with Jameis Winston. It isn't all bad. So... To just ask, why is he on the roster? It's obvious why he's on the roster. Now, if you ask, why isn't he starting? Then it goes back to, well, he is a complete turnover machine. Right. And Taysom Hill, I don't understand all of the vitriol. Like, this guy, there's no way he could possibly pan out as a starter. How, How do you know that? How do you know that? I don't like his style as a starter where he's just a fullback. And you've got to change your style, man. You've got to slide from time to time instead of trying to bowl people over. You're just not going to last. But we've seen him in small, small doses throw the ball effectively. So I don't understand why so many people are convinced, like, I would bet my life savings this guy doesn't pan out. I don't agree with that. I think this guy can be decent. And we'll see if that's the case or not. Well, well, the thing is, he may be decent, but he may not be a decent quarterback. He may be a decent running back. He may be a decent tight end. I mean, who knows what he could do? He's versatile. We know that. He's the third leading rusher on this ball club right now. So he, he's going to give you something that maybe Jameis Winston possibly can't give you. You know, uh, his legs, uh, some options in quarterback, the run game, which Jameis Winston probably won't do. And I don't think he's going to turn the ball over like Jameis Winston will turn it well, over. Well, yeah, you can't imagine that he would. Like, right. <laughs> who else does? Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's the whole thing with Jameis. But the deal with Taysom, I think it really, really boils down to this. Because he excels as a runner, I think he's being shortchanged as a quarterback. I think that's really what's happening. And that... That happens in a lot of sports. There are basketball players where they might excel on the offensive end, and just because they do that in one area, they showcase strength in one area, it makes their weaknesses appear to be weaker, right? And it might not be the case. It just seems that way. So with Taysom Hill, because he's running so effectively, I think it tends to make his passing ability appear weaker than it actually is. And we'll see what happens today against the Falcons. I think he's going to play pretty well. I think you're going to see a much different game plan than you would with Drew Brees under center. I just think it's funny, man. Think of all of the Lamar Jackson fanboys out there. If you say anything halfway critical, they come after your throat like you said something negative about their mom, you know? And those are the same people that are like, Taysom Hill, that guy's a running back. What's he doing back there? You know what I mean? It's crazy what it's turned into this week. There is some evidence to say 
why I question he was starting. This guy has completed only 11 of 20 passes in his career. He's been in the NFL about four years right now. Uh, so Okay, how's, a, how's Justin Herbert look this year? How's Joe he, Burrow done? You know okay, what I mean? But, like this idea I, I, of, well, he doesn't Bur- have experience, therefore he can't be effective? That makes no sense. Okay, the point is this, though, that Hill, when he was at BYU, not Brigham Young, when he was at BYU, <laughs> he, he was a read option quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, fullback, special team specialist. He did it all. He was not drafted specifically to be a quarterback, as was Joe Burrow, as was Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert probably would not be playing if it weren't for the punctured lungs of his uh, quarterback, uh, starting quarterback there in, in California, right? Tyron. Yeah, uh, who cares? Right? Like, if Tyrod Taylor never had the punctured lung, okay, maybe Justin Herbert isn't back there. But he is. Right. So we go by what is, not what could be. Right. And and the whole point is, you can do all of this like, well, he ran more than this guy. And I'm just boiling boiling it down to experience. And this idea of, hey, he's 30. If he was any good, he'd be playing by now. He was backing up Drew Brees. Do you think he's going to be playing ahead of Drew Brees? That's ridiculous. And he entered the NFL older. I don't want to make it sound like I'm his cousin or something. I'm just saying the negativity for Taysom Hill, it has gone above and beyond the measures of good taste and accuracy. That's all I'm saying. Like To make this guy out to be a dude who can only run the football and can't throw it five yards is absurd. And to act like Jameis Winston is this stud backup quarterback in the making, he isn't. I've got news for you. He's a turnover machine. Well, I, I don't think it's so much negativity towards Taysom Hill because I think a lot of people do want to see him succeed. I think it's like like the, the fanboys for Jameis Winston. It's like he's getting screwed. He's getting he, they passed him over. It's not fair. Give him a chance. That that's the deal with Jameis Winston. You know he's got a lot of support, and they think he's getting screwed. But I don't think it's a negativity towards Taysom Hill. Oh, I think it's both. I think well, it's, it's a, a two-headed big, monster right there, and it's just growing and growing and growing. And I'll tell you this real fast, Andy. This is a divisional game against the Falcons. They've been playing a lot better with Raheem Morris as their interim head coach. They yes, could they be four and zero right now if Todd Gurley didn't score accidentally against the Lions. Right? They could be unbeaten under Raheem Morris. So they're playing really good football. The offense looks a lot better. Right. The Saints' defense has been Jekyll and Hyde. So this is—it's a losable game. Right. For it's be a the close Saints. Game. And if they do, oh my gosh, you think the ne- negativity was a lot this week leading up to the game. Let the Saints lose to the oh Falcons and listen to what's said about Taysom Hill. So we'll see yeah, how it exactly shakes right. out today. He's Brian Noah, Andy Firma. Don't look now, but he's making an MVP push. That's next. But first, our own MVP, the one and only Brian Fenley, with the latest. Andy, Dad, thank you so much. And Brian as well. We're getting ready for week seven, excuse me, week 11 of the NFL slate as that continues. And NFL Network is reporting Cowboys defensive ends Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory have cleared all their COVID-19 tests, making them available today against the Vikings. Broncos quarterback Drew Locke is likely playing despite a muscle strain. The Panthers deeming QB Teddy Bridgewater as a game-time decision as he comes off an MCL sprain. And Lions QB Matt Stafford is in position to start as he gets over a minor thumb injury. To college football on Saturday, first-ranked Alabama takes a sledgehammer to Kentucky, 63-3. Bama wideout Devontae Smith proliferates with 144 yards and two touchdowns. Third-ranked Ohio State was standing number 9 Indiana, 42-35. 
LeBron James chiming in on the game, saying, quote, on Twitter, IU got a great team. QB got amazing touch. Playmakers on the outside. Defensive Forest tough. They're going to be scary good very soon. Look out. Close quote. Scary good. That's what he said. Scary good. Mm. Yeah. Third-ranked Georgia sideswipes Mississippi State 31-24. JT Daniels over 400 yards in the air and four scores. 18th-ranked Oklahoma butchering number 14 Oklahoma State 41-13. Spencer Rattler piles on four touchdowns. 20th-ranked USC hems Utah 33-17. The Utes shackled with five turnovers. How about NC State clogging number 21 Liberty 15-14, halting the Flames' eight-game winning streak. Number 23, Auburn, snacking on Tennessee 30-17. to The Vols have lost five games in a row, all by double digits, for the first time since the program started in 1891. I believe Andy Furman was 25 oh, yeah. back then. Right. With that, let's get back to Brian No and America's most lovable underwear model, Andy Furman. This Thank you guy very much. knows yeah. his stuff. Oh, my gosh. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. Hey, check that is the, the greatest drop ever. Are you kidding me? Please. Come on. Oh, Finley on tennis coverage. I love oh, that. Oh, yeah. Check the last three weeks. We will do that in just about a minute. He is Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And welcome back, everybody, to the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out. Which way is easier? And, of course, Bronx Talk Radio with the amazing Chris P in less than 10 minutes. But, you know, every week, B, every week I throw another name out there for the potential MVP of the league, right? Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, you, How you long know. is the list now? Are we in the okay. teens still? Well, you know, Russell Wilson's opening it up a little bit now. He's letting other people oh, come, it's come in. It's fully open. <laughs> he's not, he's not <laughs> he, up there at the top yeah, anymore. No. We got Patrick Mahomes, obviously, at the top of the deal. But... The Steelers are a perfect 9-0. They play the Jags today. They're 1-8. But check out the last three weeks for Big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. Nine touchdowns, no turnovers, and a 109.1 passer rating, plus the undefeated season. You may want to push his name a little bit, but I think he'll be the comeback player of the year. I don't think he'll be MVP. I'm just saying. I mean, it's going to be hard to catch Mahomes and Rodgers. That's all. Big Ben has had a good year. But when look, twenty-two touchdowns and four picks is nothing to sneeze at, right? But when you compare it to Mahomes and his his numbers are just better, and uh, it's going to be tough to run him down. But I like you mentioning Big Ben; he should be getting a little bit more love this year. I don't know if the MVP discussion, but his season has been a lot better than I don't hear much talk about Big Ben at all. You know, it's an undefeated Steelers team, and Big Ben is putting up huge numbers. Well, so yeah, I like you defense. highlighting Big Ben. Well, all you hear is the defense. That's all you hear about Pittsburgh. And the defense yep. is tremendous. It really is. But, you know, he's had a great year, you know, coming back from that shoulder injury. I mean, you know, who even knew he'd come back and come back with such vengeance? And he's he's done well. He really has. I, I think the I think, com- I think you hit it, though, real fast, Andy, is the defense gets a lot of love. And so I think that hurts Big Ben's MVP love. They look at Could the be. Steelers as just like a, a collective unit, if you will. They don't look at... Big Ben in the same light as they do Mahomes. I, I really wonder if you flip-flop the defenses, if Mahomes had one of the best defenses in football and Big Ben had an, an average defense. Like the Chiefs, are, they're, they're decent, right? They're a little better right. than average. If right. you flip-flop the defenses, I think Big Ben would get a little bit more MVP love. But because he's got a dominant defense, he doesn't. 
Well, I mean, and, and I don't think Big Ben can care. I mean, it doesn't really make a difference to him. They're winning and they're, they're undefeated, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, you talk about quarterbacks and like this Lamar Jackson thing. I mean, it's going up and down like a wave. And last week, losing to the Patriots, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming on the Patriots today? They're playing the Texans, and I don't think they'll have a problem there, but they beat them up 23-17, and I, I just – I don't know how the Patriots are doing it. I, I really don't. I, I know You and I both thought that that would be a double-digit loss last week for the Patriots. We did, and look, anything can happen in any given week, right? There's a reason there's a movie any given Sunday. That's right. the way it is in the NFL. And that was – the only thing missing with last week's game was Noah's Ark. That was insane. <laughs> like at the end of the game, I could hardly see Lamar Jackson. It was raining so hard. Right, right. And so I call them the New England Naval Academy. Their running game has been very, very good. They aren't throwing the ball a lot. They're just relying on their running game and their defense. They're trying to muddy up the game, make it a fourth quarter game, maybe force a couple of turnovers and pull it out. That's their formula this year. Right. So that game last week was tailor-made for them. So it's not a shocker based on how the weather unfolded that they won. I, w- I didn't know it was going to be like that. If it was a, a clear weather game, yeah, I think the Ravens would have smacked them around pretty good. But in terms of the Patriots, how are they doing it? Well, they're doing it with defense and a running game primarily. It's funny and if you, you do those soundly, game. you're going to be in games. No, you're right. And it's easy to say that, but the point is this. Their running game was some was, should have been based on James White. He's gone. Sonny Michelle's coming back today. But Damian Harris has picked up the slack in the run game. So it's easy to say, you know, do it by defense and running game. But you have to have the personnel to have that run game. And I always thought it was going to be James White would be the featured guy with Sonny Michelle. And, and both of them, and White's been, he's gone. You don't see anything about the guy anymore. Damian Harris is the man. Yeah, he's had a very good season. Very, very quietly. Very quietly. Damian Harris has had a good season. But you can see this as clear as day, Andy. Patriots taking on the Texans. I can see the Patriots winning this game, getting to 500. And a lot of people say, hey, look out for the Patriots. You got a little taste of this. This is right after the Patriots beat the Ravens last week. Check this out with Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. If you write off the New England Patriots, you do so at your own peril. Yeah, I'm writing them off. I yeah, I don't throw peril out the window. Like I don't <laughs> come on, man. They're they're not very good this year. Don't look at the Patriots and, and the mystique and the brand name and all. look at the holes. Look at some of the teams that they've beaten. Look at the rest of the the schedule. They play some yeah. good teams. They're not going anywhere this year. Nowhere. They're not even going to make the playoffs. Even if the playoffs expand to eight teams in both conference, they're still not making that. They're still looking up at two teams just in the hunt of the playoffs in the Titans and Browns. They're not getting a playoff spot. They'll win today. Then they got Arizona. That's a loss. They got the Chargers and Rams. They'll probably lose those two. Miami's going to be tough. They already lost. Well, they beat Miami early on. I, I don't know if they could beat Miami now with two. It's a different Miami team, and their defense is tough. They lost to Buffalo early on. They play Buffalo again, but they'll beat the Jets on January 3rd. Yeah, okay. Add everything up, 8-8 eight and eight at best. This is basically where maybe, we're at. Maybe, maybe. You're right. Maybe. <laughs> They're not making the playoffs. This no, idea of, oh, hey, tread carefully, you know? A lot of people have pronounced the Patriots dead, and all of a sudden they win a Super Bowl. So you're just careful about that. That's not this year. 
This year is not yeah. like those years. They're dead. And, and the, the running game is going to be perfect today against the Texans because the Texans gave up something like 231 rushing yards, almost six yards a carry against the Browns last week. So I think the Pats will have a good time running the football against the Texans today. Yeah. That, that team is a mess. Oh, the te- they're, they're just a mess, really. They really are. I mean, you talk about the Jets being a mess. This team, I, I think they could be worse. They yeah, really the can. Jets, I'm sorry, the Texans have the worst rush defense in the NFL. So it's Taylor. It's Taylor made for the New England Naval Academy <laughs> to run crazy on them today. And I'm telling you, Andy, they're going to win the game, and it's going to be like, look out, don't look down. But the Patriots have won a couple in a row, and blah blah blah. And it's like, no, 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 they're not going anywhere. You know, the correlation in my mind with the Patriots, and it sounds crazy, but I'm going to say it anyway. If people want them to win, it's like the Tiger Woods syndrome. I mean, let it go. He had his day. He's not coming back, and that's it. The Patriots had their time. They were a dominant team. They dominated the league. It's over. At least for this year, it's over. But people won't let go. They won't let go with Tiger. They won't let go with the Patriots. That's just the way it is. Um, I mean, I understand where you're coming from. I think it's a little bit like the Cowboys with the Patriots. Even no, because when they the, know Cowboys the Cowboys are, are a dumpster fire, they're a brand. Yeah. They're a known commodity, right? They're still a talking point. And I think that's the same thing with the Patriots. They've produced... So many talking points over the years. I think a lot of people think that they're still a talking point right now. And they're not. They're completely irrelevant this year. In terms of the playoff chase and to make significant noise come playoff time, they have zero chance. They just don't have the personnel this year. I'm with you. You know, but I, I think as far as the Cowboys are concerned, at least people realize they are, when you say a dumpster fire, they're terrible. They're going nowhere and they've gone nowhere the last several years. So I don't think anybody expects anything from the Cowboys, but I still think there's some ray of hope and there's some expectations out of the New England Patriots, which is not going to happen. I say maybe three more wins at best this season for them. Well, I think that, look, a lot of people don't want to look stupid. That's really what it boils down to. And the Patriots have made a lot of people look really stupid over the years. And I think it's, you know, if you get burned by the the stove, you just you're you're treading carefully from that point on. You're like, oh gosh, I remember when I was cooking bacon and I got a little bit too close and I burned my pinky and I don't want to do that again. Like that's how people act with the Patriots. They've been burned before. They're treading lightly, and I'm just telling you, in 2020, you don't need to tread lightly. Open season on the Patriots. They've had a ton of COVID opt-outs. They've had injuries. They're just not that good collectively. They're not going anywhere this year, and you don't have to hedge your bets. And I don't know. I'm going to say that maybe the door's a little open on them having a decent year. No, it isn't. It's closed. It's sealed. There's no chance. None. Zero. Well, you knew that when TV left. That was the name of the game right there. He's Brian Noah. I'm Andy Furman. By the way... This is Fox Football Sunday, and their football teams have won a total of three games. But hope is on the way with the Knicks. To the Bronx we go. Bronx Talk Radio is freaking next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. 
Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bronx Talk Radio coming right up about 11 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. But now, let's go to the Bronx. Guys, it's time to channel your inner New Yorker. We want to hear all the irrationalities you can spew on the hottest topics of the day. Here's something we like to call Bronx Talk Radio. Hosted by the great Chris P. Well, unfortunately, we got some freaking bad news to start Bronx Talk Radio today because the hottest. Yeah, we sporting. got bad news. You're here. Yeah, yeah, oh, and you're oh, here too. So it's oh. double bad news over yeah, here. Yeah, right know? back at you. This is like FSD showing up on your doorstep over here. Listen, we have the biggest sporting event in the Bronx ever shut down. The Rumble in the Bronx, two hundred people. It was a legal fight club shut down by the by the NYPD. What can you do? 
Yeah, I love do? that story over here. Not yeah. like a global pandemic is going on or anything. Shocking. Listen, we're going to have the rumble of the freaking, freaking Bronx. How freaking stupid could you be? But they have those rumbles every day in the street in the Bronx. So what's the big deal? Yeah, exactly. See, you, you got your head on straight. Hey, you yeah, know well, what? the big deal is the organizer got like eight counts of things he did wrong in that thing. You know, <laughs> like you a, can't a, have a hundred organized, counts over here. Yeah, it's like uh, you can't have organized combat sports like that. It's uh, it's illegal, actually. It's not like the listen, movies, as it turns I, out. Right. You know, don't talk about Fight Club. What can I say? Hey, listen, you know, you guys always Jones on um, Brian's freaking updates over here, right? Well, I want to take you guys over to Ghana. I've got a real contender for another update anchor for you. This guy in Ghana was charged with reading some highlights, some sc- final scores from soccer around the world. Here's him reading some of the scores from the English Premier League. English Premier League. Efton one, Manchester United three, <laughs> Crystal Palace four, Leeds United one. Here comes the Chelsea game. four, the reason for United one. So he was trying to say it's freaking Sheffield United over. Now there. wait a minute, that what? is Brian Fenley. Yeah, that is Brian, Brian Fenley. It is. is don't, don't be fooling us. We know who that is. Well, That's Brian let, let's Fenley. see how Brian Fenley, a.k.a. the Ghana guy here, does with some Italian names now. What? He's got a nervous disorder. Now, I like you bringing this guy up here, Chris, but how are you trying to get our guy Big B fired? He's our update guy. We're not hiring this other guy over here. Listen, are you, you just telling me this keep... guy gets paid for doing that? Yes. No, oh. he's just a carnival act over here. He can't be making actual money, is he? What, Brian Fenley? Know. No, no, no. The uh, the other guy with the crazy uh, names and the, can't the, pronounce the stuff. He can't it. It sounds money. like Vinay trying to do freaking uh, freaking Russian Series Liga uh, announcements. Yeah, right. Like we're doing overseas like ping pong or something like that, you know? I don't even know what he was saying for the first name. I'm trying to say say Sampdoria for the second, but you know, hey, you know, just it happens. Listen, don't quit hey, your freaking day job over there. No, you should not. Listen, and you should get out of the freaking line and go back to your freaking day job if you're in Aurora, Colorado, where they open in and out hamburgers up there. In and out open in Aurora, Colorado this week. The wait was a killer. All I, up at one point, fourteen hours freaking wait. The, the police department was saying people are waiting in line for 12 hours for a burger. They're not going to get the freaking burgers before the place closes. It's crazy car, to wait 12 hours. This is a hours. car wait? The drive through yes, wait? Yes. No, this is for in and freaking out. Like hey, a listen, giant fast food joint. Overrated. I say in and out is the anti-McDonald's. Okay, they actually have no, good they're burgers, good, but they've but got bad fries. Like McDonald's wait. is good fries, bad burgers. That's the opposite with in and out It's not worth the 12-hour wait, though. That's way too long. Somebody apparently like got in there like Tuesday before they even freaking opened and Whoa. was like parked outside. Listen, of the store. you know you've <laughs> got to go hard in the paint for those animal fries. I've been telling you that every time those animal fries, you've got to be an animal in the freaking streets. Yeah, not to the tune of twelve hours. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 We'll tell you why their offense is hurting. We'll get to that in just about a minute. But first, it's time to say. Wake up, everybody. It's that time. Wake up. 
That's better. There you go. It's yeah. Fox Football Sunday. Yes, it is. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. Together we call it Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And we're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by Geico. <laughs> Thank you. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Now, without further ado, my partner and friend, the brains of the outfit, the guy who makes it go, the hardest working man in show business today, the one, the only, Mr. Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? I'm great. That I'm wasn't great, you, Andy was Furman. Good to be here you. with you on a Sunday morning with our, what was this guy again? Where was he from? Trying to pronounce uh, soccer names and scores. Ghana. And all? Ghana. 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 Yeah, our buddy from Ghana. Yeah. You know, these days, that guy's going to make a ton of cash just doing something that gets noticed. You know, right. there people that are like, yeah, I'll donate to this guy. The heck with it. Amazing. It, it That's really how it goes, is. right? You I just got to be known. It amazed me what news is now. I mean, the, the guy, he'll be on the late night talk shows now. Really. <laughs> he'll be a superstar. That's the way it is. I mean, you know, times have changed. But I, I will tell you this much. Uh, before we get into the ball, I do feel for somebody. i tell you who I feel for because I do have a bit of a heart. Not a big one, but I have a bit of a heart. Trevor Lawrence, I feel for the guy. I mean, here's a guy that probably had a space on his mantle for the Heisman Trophy. He's not going to get it this year. The Clemson didn't play again yesterday. The Florida State game was postponed, whatever the heck that means, because I don't know how and when they could even make it up. So, again, another game down the tubes for Trevor Lawrence. He's got to be going nuts. What do you do? Does he want to come back and play another year in college, or does he want to just get the hell out and make some big NFL money? Well, I think he's leaving. Time will tell if that's true or not, but to pass up that much money, I just, and for it to be, oh, I don't want to go play for the Jets, newsflash, the team picking at the top of the draft stinks. <laughs> like, that's typically how it goes, you know? Right. Look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, all of a sudden, the Bengals look like they have some hope. If you're a true difference maker as a quarterback, you can turn a franchise around. Look at what happened with Andrew Luck, you know? Right. So I don't think that Trevor Lawrence cowers in fear and says, Oh, no, I can't go to gangrene. Let me stay in college. That's the popular theory. I just don't buy it. So I think he goes to the NFL. But yeah, this year, it stinks with COVID, how it's hit Trevor Lawrence in particular. He contracted COVID. He missed the Boston College game, missed the Notre Dame game. He's set to play Florida State, and hours before the game, they call it off due to a positive test. So yeah, this this season where he was the Heisman front runner. I don't like how it's panned out so far. Now, it can turn around. Clemson could still make it to the playoff. They could still win a national championship. But to this point, the last three weeks, it's been rough for Trevor Lawrence. I would agree with you. You know, and I'll tell you, I, I go back and look at the uh, the unbalanced schedules that are on right now. Northwestern and Ohio State look like they're going to be the class of the Big Ten right now. Northwestern's undefeated at 5-0. and Ohio State would have won yesterday. They're 4-0. and But... Northwestern beat Wisconsin, and that was only the third game for Wisconsin. So, you know, something's got to give, and someone's got to start crying and whining like it wasn't fair because of the games that were missed. And I don't see them making it up because as we approach the month of December, the bye weeks and the open dates become fewer and fewer. Right, yeah, they're not going to make up all of these quote-unquote postponed games. They're just going to be games that are missed. They might be able to make up some, but you're right. For it to work out where two teams have bye weeks that that sync up and you can make it back, no, you're going to miss a lot of games. That's why, again, I go back to I think eight teams this year makes a lot more sense than just keeping it at four. Think about the NFL, Andy. The NFL has a contingency plan in place 
should regular season games be missed, they could add two more playoff teams. They already have 14. That's the current format, right? Seven in each conference. And they're like, wait a minute. If we miss some regular season games, we're just going to expand it to 16 total teams, eight in each conference. So the NFL, they will be adding teams, but college football isn't. College football has way more teams than the NFL, yet the NFL is adding while college football isn't. That doesn't make sense to me. Right, and if they don't want to add teams, at least have teams that are vying to get into the Final Four, have them have like a playoff to get into the Final Four, similar to what the NBA did in the playoffs, like a play-in game. That wouldn't be a bad idea. It'd be interesting if people would follow that because there are some teams right now that are deserving. I mean, I know it's early, but they're somewhat deserving to get in. Iowa State's up there. I mean, you talk about Cincinnati. They may be the fifth team. I mean, there are teams out there that are vying to get in and, you know, let them play to get in. Let them knock on the door and try and and side on the field. My feeling is this. If you're undefeated, you should play until you lose. How's that? If you're undefeated. And, and I can't see how a one team, a team with one loss is going to get into the Final Four as opposed to a team that might be undefeated. Well, it all goes back to the quality of your schedule. This year right? isn't different than other years in terms of that. So, yeah, you could be the UCF of 2020 and play a bunch of cupcakes and be undefeated. I don't care. There are plenty of teams that play a tougher schedule, might have one loss. I mean, look at Clemson. They don't play a gauntlet there, but losing to Notre Dame, and if they end up winning the ACC, they're going to be in over an undefeated Coastal Carolina team. That's just the way it goes, right? But I think that with an uneven amount of games this year and games being lost left and right, I think it makes sense to expand it. The only problem with that is I don't want it to be permanently expanded. And if they do, you know it would be. So that's what I don't like. But I do think just for this year and this year alone, it makes a ton of sense to expand it because you're missing games left and right, and you're just going to continue to do that. I don't. I guess your idea, Andy, I'll meet you halfway, this idea of a play-in, if you did that, it wouldn't grease the skids to have eight teams from this point on, right? If you did something right. quirky where it was some type of play in, like, yeah, it's a little bit different than just having, saying eight teams. So if you wanted to, I'm not trying to overcomplicate this, but if you wanted to stick with four going forward, doing it your way would be the way to go. But I just think this isn't basketball. It's not like the bubble where you have this play in basically tournament, you know? It's football. It's hard to have a play in tournament. I think that you either just expand it. Or you leave it at four. I would like to see it expanded to eight. I think it makes more sense this year. Well, our executive producer always has the right thing on his mind. He says there should be a four-team playing tournament. I'm kind of in his corner. It's going to get real messy, and I'll tell you when it's going to get messy. This is an opportunity that Clemson will be playing Notre Dame again for the ACC title game. Then what happens this time if Clemson wins that game? Both those teams will have one loss. And, And you know, I would think... Both of those teams would probably go to the Final Four with a loss apiece. It's going to get real messy. So, look, the committee people probably want to see Notre Dame beat Clemson again. Well, Make things it easier. depends. I don't know. I, who knows which way it could swing. But, look, I think this year is like any other year when everybody envisions the worst-case scenario. Right. And a lot of times it doesn't unfold that way. And right now, it looks like, what are they going to do? It's just chaos. Over it. And it It'll might be out. a lot clearer when it comes time to select the final four teams than it is right now. Right. That's I, I, a possibility. Yeah. 
Either but I still clear. think with an uneven amount of games, I think it makes sense to expand the field and have more teams in there because you're trying to get a true champion. Sure. And there are going to be teams that they're Fugazi top four teams. And there are some teams outside that might actually be better. And we don't quite know that because it's a goofy body of work this year. And teams like Oregon are going to have a lot fewer games. I think Oregon, that's a good example. I don't think Oregon is that good. But they're undefeated right now. If they run the table in the Pac-12, they could be posing as a Fugazi top four team. And because it's been games. a limited body of work, you don't know any better. Yeah, they're 3-0. and They play three games. It's crazy. It really is. The whole thing is crazy. But I'll tell you what's even crazier, what's going on now in the NFL. This, this Titans-Ravens game, if you're a gambler, you got to stay away from this game because I, these two teams are going in opposite directions in a sense. They're, they're both going downhill. I mean, the Ravens have lost two or three. The Titans have lost three or four. I mean, why so much of a slump offensively for the Ravens? What's going on over here? And, and really and truly, this is a team that – they thought would dominate the NFL. I mean, right behind Kansas City, at least. And last year when the Ravens played the Titans, wasn't it Derrick Henry rushed for something like 190 yards against them? Yeah, Derrick Henry went crazy. Yeah, he ran for 195 yards in the playoff game against the Ravens. Yeah. And, well, the reason for the struggle, if you look at the Ravens, Ronnie Stanley is out. He's a very good offensive lineman. They paid him a boatload of cash, and then he got hurt just a couple of days later. That was a big blow to the offense. Tyree Phillips is another starting offensive lineman. He's been banged up. So that hurts. And also, we all know this. Lamar Jackson is not a great passer. Right. So if you slow down that running attack and put more on Lamar's shoulders in terms of passing, he's just not great at passing. That's, I'm not saying that he's horrible, that he can't do anything, right? He's just not great. So if you're able to slow down that running attack, which was truly what made the Ravens special last year, well, all of a sudden they don't have that great of an offense anymore. Right. It's not that complicated. And then with the Titans, they just can't get off the field on third down, man. Their defense is not very good, and Clowney was just put on IR. So that offense, we always talk about how much is on the shoulders of Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense with that stinky defense. They played better against Arizona, but they've been stinky throughout most of the year. If you look at the Titans, it's similar. That defense is not very good. Can't get off the field on third down, so there isn't much margin for error. They've got to score a good amount of points to win these games. You know, it's funny. I, I saw the Titans score when they lost to the Steelers. I think it was a three-point loss, which wasn't bad. I was somewhat impressed because they gave them a game. But the following week, they come to Cincinnati, and they lose by 11 to the Bengals. That, to me, showed me that this Titans team is not what it's built up to be. And look, if you want to say I'm putting down the Cincinnati Bengals, well, I am. I mean, they're not that good of a ball club. They're not a playoff, te- they're not a playoff team. I mean, this is a team that basically almost went to the Super Bowl a year ago. And this is a tough team, this Titans team. And to lose to Cincinnati, that was a, a death blow to them. And after that, they came back with a win. They lose to the Colts again last week. So, you know, you don't know what you get week to week with this Titans team, but it's not the same team it was a year ago. I don't. I disagree with you, Andy. I look at them being pretty much the same. They were six and three. Let's not forget they were nine and seven last year, right. and they got hot at the right time. They beat a Ravens team that was vulnerable. We all know that coming from behind is not their specialty. So the Titans got a win, and they were able to fend off the Ravens. You know that's that's not the biggest upset in the history of upsets. But because the Titans did more than expected in the playoffs, it was like, oh, man, look at this Titans team. So right. the expectations were raised this year. They're 6-3. and three. They're basically right where they should be compared to last year. 
So I don't look at them as regressing greatly. I look at them as basically being an extension of the 2019 version. Well, you know, six and three, that's great. You look at the record, but look who they've won. They And they had tough times in some of those wins. I mean, they had to go to overtime with the Texans. Come on. And they lost to Cincinnati. And Chicago gave them a game. And they lose to Indianapolis, which is not a bad team right now. Indianapolis is coming on right now with their running game. But I still think that people expected more from this Titans team. Well, yeah, because they made it to the AFC Championship game last year. But I'm just telling you, they were 9-7 and seven last year, and they got hot at the right time. Right. I, okay, so let's not make them right. out to be this 14-2 and two team that was a whisker away from the Super Bowl. and That's not what they were. So that's all I'm saying. When you look at them last year, I think that they were built up. You know, sometimes people go to the gym and they get those fake muscles. That's <laughs> what the Titans had last year. They had fake yeah. muscles because they got hot at the right time in the playoffs. And we thought they were better than they were. They're really not, like... If you look at them this year, what they have, they've got a good running game. Derrick Henry is a stud, and and Ryan Tannehill is a good play-action passer. Their defense isn't very good, so they've got strengths and they've got weaknesses. And when you have that, you're going to get a variation of results. They started off 5-0, and and now they've lost a bunch of games in a row. They've lost three of four. They're coming off of 10 days rest. I just think that, long story short, with the Titans – they're going to be an inconsistent team. There are going to be games where you say, man, they, they bring a lot to the table. And there are going to be games where you're like, man, they stink, right? How do they right. lose to the Bengals? That's just what you have when you don't have a good pass rush, when you've got a leaky defense, you, you've got, got some weapons on offense. You're going to have mixed results. Big question before we roll on here. Who do you like in this one? I'm taking the Ravens in this game. I like, the, I like it to be a close game. I, I will... <sighs> It's a tough you know, one. I'm going to take the Titans. They're off 10 days of rest. I don't like what the Ravens have done uh, recently. I think they're susceptible in the trenches. So I'll roll with the underdog today. I'll go Titans. I certainly love the Titans with the points, but I'll call for the outright upset. How's that, Andy? There you go. Sounds great. He is Brian No. Get him on Twitter, at The No Show. I'm Andy Furman. Get me at Andy Furman FSR. And, of course, you got us both on the phones at 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369 this hour. Bottom barrel betting. And the third hour, we have Brian No and Noah's picks. But it is time to retool. That's next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royals. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. 
hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Toro Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They're loading up. We'll get to that in just about a minute, about 21 minutes past the hour. We call this Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Noam, Andy Furman, and B. A little bit of a timeout from ball. We're going to go to the NBA because free agency is in full swing right now. Not a lot of big names, but I was a little concerned with this Gordon Haywood situation where Charlotte's putting up all that money on this guy. He missed something like 111 ball games over the last three years. Health-wise, he's not 100%, and he's over the 30-year of age plateau. Uh, kind of a crazy situation. I think that Boston's not going to miss him as much as people think. Yeah, I hear you. And when you're desperate, you do desperate things. And the Hornets are clearly desperate. Right. Yes. Yes. And so they give Gordon Hayward 120 mil and yeah, extensive injury history. But you pair him with LaMelo Ball and all of a sudden you've got a couple of names over there in Charlotte. They're going to be more interesting. But that's what happens when you are in a desperate position. Sometimes you do desperate things and that reeks of desperation from Charlotte. But uh, we'll see how it pans out, man. I'm excited to see LaMelo, what he turns out to be. And I think you give him a fighting chance when you pair him with Gordon Hayward if he's healthy. Right? Gordon right. Hayward's a very good player. That's not the question. It's all about health. It certainly is. And what about 
this guy keeps on surfacing. Tristan Thompson is going to be on the Celtics right now. Yeah, what, like $19 million. What has Tristan Thompson done except served as a caddy maybe for LeBron James in Cleveland? Now he's back with the Celtics. There's these guys that just like survive. They go from team to team. I look at the names. I, it's hard to believe they're still in the league. It really is. I'm surprised you would say that, man. He's a good no, oh, come on! You're not gonna. There's a roster man. spot for the guy. Right, I'm saying, like he's yeah. he's worthy of a roster spot. I'm not telling yeah. you that he's a an all uh, NBA or anything like that. He's not first team All NBA. He's not gonna be an All Star, but he's worthy of a roster spot. They're not giving him 130 million, you know? Right. But you know what? I'm happy for you because you'll be able to see Carmelo Anthony again in Portland. He's going to be back there. What a what a way to build for the future, right? With Melo. But he's going to be back. He played well in the playoffs with Portland last year. So he's back. All right? So you yeah, got him and he's again. on the minimum. It makes sense for him to be back. I think it's good for both parties. Right. Melo actually had a very good year last season. He, he did. He did. And to get him on the cheap like that, yeah, of course you would take a guy like Melo. He was successful last year, so why wouldn't you run it back? And I like some of the moves the Blazers have made, but it's all about the defending champs, Andy. Right. With the purple and gold, with the Lakers, with them retooling the way they have, they get Dennis Schroeder, they get Montrez Harrell, they get Wes Matthews, who's, you know, that's on a, a lower-end deal, but right. to get Schroeder and Montrez, how about Montrez pulling a bit of a Ray Allen? Remember when Ray Allen went from the Celtics to the Miami Heat? Right. And his right. former Celtics teammates hated his guts for doing yeah. that, right? Like, there's a tweet down. from Patrick Beverly, his Montrez's ex teammate with the Clippers, and he was like, wait, what? He's going to the Clippers? Or he's going to the Lakers, Lakers rather. Yeah. yeah. So to go from uh, the Clippers to the Lakers for Montrez, I love that move just in terms of the drama that it creates between those two franchises. Yeah, and it could be somewhat of a replacement for Dwight Howard, who's gone to the 76s. But I think that you talk about stocking up and reloading for like a so-called B team for the Lakers right now. Because look, let's face it, LeBron James isn't getting any younger and he's not going to play as many minutes, I wouldn't think, as he has in the past. So now they've got some pretty decent backups coming up on the Lakers right now. But my guy, the one I had, I, I was a, look, I'm like an MVP freak. You know me. Every week I have a different name for MVPs. And we talked about this during the NBA season. I said, hey, what about Rajon Rondo, remember? I, I'll, I'll take ownership on that. I said Rajon Rondo MVP. Now he's gone. He's with the Atlanta Hawks. On, it's unbelievable, right? Come on, Rajon left. He did play well in the playoffs. He really did. Got a two-year deal for 15 mil with the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, playoff Rondo going to Atlanta. Match him up with Trey Young. That was one of the crazier things you've ever said on this show. Andy. I know. I, hope you I know. Realize that. Like, I come know. on. He had zero chance to get MVP over LeBron or Anthony Davis. But um, yeah, Rondo is gone, and you stick with KCP. KCP is back, and uh, the Lakers. I like what they've done. I think there are two things, Andy. This is what's interesting to me. I think there are two theories in sports that don't make a whole lot of sense. Uh-huh. Where. A lot of fans and the media, they think that different automatically equals better, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, this current quarterback is stinking it up. Put in the backup because it's automatically going to be better, right? I think people, they misjudge different meaning better, right? Sometimes it's worse or the same. It's not automatically better. Different is automatically different is what I always say. The other part is, and it pertains to the Lakers, a lot of people... They have this idea of, well, it worked before, therefore, it's probably going to work again. 
And that's not always the case. If you look at the Lakers, I give them credit. They said, yeah, we just want a title. But instead of just bringing back the entire band, let's retool it a a little bit and try to get better because what we did last year might not be good enough going forward. So to get Schroeder and Montrez, I like what they've done. They didn't keep it status quo, and they didn't just run it back. I think it makes sense to do that. No, I agree. I, I think it's a good move. Schroeder's a good player. He really is. And uh, you got guys coming off the bench right now, and uh, he's going to work very well with uh, with Harold. I mean, really with Montrez, because was he the sixth man of the year last year? I mean, come on. This guy, yeah. they got some talent. Good player. I mean, yeah, he's a good player, and I got some energy coming over there, and I don't think it's going to be a big void by losing Dwight Howard going to the 76ers. I was shocked. You know, the guy wins a title. He loves L.A. He loves the uh, the party city, so to speak, and leaves to go to Philadelphia. That was a shocker to me. I mean, I don't know if it's about the money. I don't think he's in, you know he's looking for money at this stage of his career, but he just won a, a title. Why wouldn't he want to stay in L.A., and especially going to a, a winter-type climate? I don't get it. Uh, well, hey, that's, he's just going where uh, the playing time is, where a roster spot is, change of scenery, any number of reasons. Yeah. You know, the Lakers might have wanted to go in a different direction. Montrez, <laughs> you know, so it might not yeah. have been the same uh, situation or opportunity for Dwight Howard. Uh, I like some of the moves that the Sixers have made. I'm excited for the season, man. It's, it starts in a month from today, right? right? It's December it? 22nd. This morning, it's November 22nd. Right. It's crazy how fast we're going to have the NBA around. But I'll put a bow on this as we transition back to ball. This idea of, well, it worked before, therefore it's probably going to work again. Did you hear what Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach, said this week about expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to be the starter next year? I'm not going to take him to task because he's a head coach. He probably doesn't want to create waves. But that's my point, Andy, is this idea of, well, it's worked before. They got to the Super Bowl and almost won the thing. So, yeah, why wouldn't we have Jimmy G? Well, because he's not that good. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. the running game isn't as good. The defense was getting lo- like longer in the tooth with R- Richard Sherman and a lot of unfortunate injuries. But let's say the Niners are healthy again next year. I would look to upgrade the quarterback position instead of bringing Jimmy G back and thinking, well, we almost won the thing before. Well, guess what? You might not be good enough to get to that spot going forward if more is required from your quarterback. I would move on from Jimmy G and try to get better. Well, I think that's the... I think that every team wants to do that, but I think they're tied back a lot of times for economics. You're paying a guy big money, and that's why you really can't move on. That's a major problem, I think, in sports. Otherwise, you'd see a lot more movement than we really do. Well, yeah, it's just uh, whether you buy that with Jimmy G or not, the point still remains. I think that there are a lot of teams that either win a championship or get close to winning a championship, and they get comfortable. They think, hey, we've got a winning formula here. Why would we rock the boat and change anything? And I think oftentimes that's the wrong way to go about it because all of a sudden you're a marked team. You're the hunted, so you've got to improve. And that's where I give the Lakers credit. They're improving instead of saying, let's just run it back with Dwight Howard and Rondo, right? We should be fine. They're like, no, we got to get better. We're going to be the hunted this year. So I think their approach is very wise. 
You're exactly right. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. And by the way, this is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. They're the best turnaround in the league. We'll tell you who they are next. But first, our guy, Brian Finley, with the latest. Thank you so much, Dad and Brian. Week 11 of the NFL schedule is popping off later today. And according to NFL Network, Broncos quarterback Drew Locke and tight end Noah Fant are likely playing despite injuries. Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard will see the field in an abbreviated role as he slowly progresses back to full strength from a core muscle injury. Patriots running back Damian Harris will play through ankle and chest ailments. To college football on Saturday, first-ranked Alabama demonizes Kentucky 63-3. Mark Stoops sustains his most lopsided loss as the Wildcats head coach. Good adjective. You like that? Yeah. Trying to Demonizes? Yeah. Kidding me? That is awesome, man. Dude, you are more than welcome to use it. I don't know if Andy knows what it means. Andy, by the way, do you need me to explain it for you? I'm trying to spell it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. A seventh-ranked Cincinnati overcomes an 11-point deficit to victimize Central Florida. 36-33. 13th-ranked Georgia submerges Mississippi State. 31-24. JT Daniels throws four scores. Spencer Rattler tossing four touchdowns as 18th-ranked Oklahoma banishes number 14 Oklahoma State 41-13. How about 20th-ranked USC agitating Utah 33-17. The Trojans out to 3-0, and they are alone in first place in the Pac-12 South. That's rough to have your first game against a team that has a couple of games under their belt. You know what I'm saying? Like, that was Utah's first game last night. Yeah. Yeah. And Think they, about how USC barely beat Arizona State that first game. They were sloppy. They've been sloppy. tough. They've been sloppy their first two games. They won in the last minute or two. In both games. Of both of their first yeah. two games. Yep. Yeah. And US, UCLA almost won, but that was a close one as well. Turnovers, on, man. I know. Turnovers were the key. And finally, guys, number 23 Auburn mopping up Tennessee 30-17. Vols head coach Jeremy Pruitt, who's lost five in a row, was asked about what he'd tell fans who doubt the way the program is progressing. And he fumed, quote, that ain't my job, guys. Oh, my really? job is to coach close quote. Sounds like something that <laughs> wow. Andy Furman would say. I hope he's renting. I hope he didn't buy a house. <laughs> yeah. Back to Brian No, And then, of course, Andy Furman, who on the side has this side hustle on the weekends as a clown for hire for kids' <laughs> birthday parties. Yeah, but I got to keep a safe distance, though. Social distancing. Social yeah. distancing. Yeah. 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 Naturally, you. just when they see right. you. I'd like to be social distance from you. You know that? Really? Well, all you got to do is look at your face and people Thank stay you away. very much. Yeah. All right. We'll see you in an hour. By the way, going for six, that's coming right up. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. We've crossed the 50 yard line on what we call Fox Football Sunday. And welcome back, everybody. Then the Fox Sports Radio Studios. We're brought to you by Geico. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part will tell you figuring out which way is easy. And, of course, bottom barrel betting in less than 10 minutes. But this is for you, B. This is all for you. All right? Are you ready? Yeah. Your Dolphins. I know they're playing the Broncos today. Dolphins are 6-3. and three. They won five in a row, three in a row under Tua. But get this. I did this for you. Their second-year coach, Brian Flores, last year, it started like this. 59-10 loss to the Ravens. 43-0 loss to the Patriots. 31-6 loss to the Cowboys. 30-10 loss to the Chargers. You talk about a turnaround, and they stuck with Brian Flores. He's their guy, and this is probably the best turnaround in the NFL. 
I mean, you talk about a turnaround. This team right now is headed to the playoffs. Well, that's the way it looks right now. And this is a favorable matchup for the Dolphins again, right? They could be 7-3 yeah. and three after today's game. They should be. And I love Brian Flores. I think he's done a very good job. They played hard last year. We always talked about tanking, and it was really an organizational tank. They got rid of almost every good player they had, basically. They they still had Xavier and Howard. They still had a couple of players, but they had a fire sale, man. They were trading guys left and right with Laramie Tunsil and Minka Fitzpatrick, and right. it was just completely resetting, and they still found a way to win five games. They played hard, and I said if they got better personnel, which they have, they're just dumb. they're going to start stacking wins, and that's what they've done. So, yeah, I really like Brian Flores. He's done a very good job so far. I tell you what, though, I'm liking what Tua's doing right now as well. I mean, he's playing well. I mean, you don't hear Fitzpatrick's name come up at all, really. Uh, He's got, what, five TDs, no INTs, and moving that ball club pretty well. But you know what? Give a lot of credit to the defensive side of the ball, too, on this Dolphins team. They could beat you in all three categories, and last week they did, and the special teams as well. So this team is tough. It's a tough ball club. they got the confidence right now. As I mentioned, they've won five straight, and they should win today. Well, and that's the thing, man, is there have been a couple of things they've done that just aren't sustainable, where they've scored three non-offensive touchdowns the last couple of games. You can't expect that. You're not going to score three non-offensive touchdowns over two games (laughs) over a long haul, you know? You're not going to have a punt or kick return for a touchdown coupled with a scoop score or a pick six or right it's just not going to happen regularly so the point is when that stops where are the dolphins it's a legitimate question if you aren't scoring in non-offensive ways well then can Tua generate those points when more is asked of him and he looks good so far Andy yeah. we were just talking about Utah playing their first game against USC last night mm-hmm. that's tough for Tua's first game against the Rams, that's essentially like the first preseason game right. with his first action in the NFL. And so the next week he looked better. That's maybe like his second preseason game. And then last week, that might have been in a normal year, his first game of the season, right? Last year with right. some seasoning beforehand. But it's a year unlike any other. And I think the evaluation of Tua was as if it was a normal year when it wasn't. They played a good defense in the Rams, and they had a big lead. They took their foot off the gas on offense. And I think there were a lot of people that were hesitant to buy into Tua just based on that first performance against the Rams. I didn't think that made and a not whole even lot of that, sense. And I think people were still questioning the health of Tua. They, they really were. I think they were. And, uh, and I, I think also it's difficult to, for anyone, especially a rookie quarterback and at that position, but it's difficult for anyone to come in and replace someone who has done fairly decent. I mean, really, you cannot knock what Ryan Fitzpatrick has done, but right now it's overshadowed with this team right now with Tua at the helm. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. There, there were some players, I'm sure, that were not vocal publicly, but vocal for sure. Why are they making the change now? Well, they might have questioned it. I think it's reasonable to question it. But you fast forward to now, and they won three straight with Tua as right. the starter. So Brian Flores looks like a genius at this stage, making the ch- the change to Tua, who he's got a higher ceiling than Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's no doubt about that. And if it's realized this rookie season, well, the Dolphins are better off 
for making that change. So they're seven and two against the spread this season, Andy. So they're tied with the Steelers having the best against the spread mark in the NFL. That's pretty good. It's, it's been a good year good. so far. Well, they're six and three, and I say that in three weeks from now they'll be nine and three because they'll win today. They'll beat the Jets next week, and then on the sixth of December they play Cincinnati, and they'll beat Cincinnati. So they'll be nine and three. Well, I like the ring. I like the uh, the sound of that. I hope that's the case. Yeah, By the way, I, real fast, uh, yeah. Drew Locke. No, thank you. <laughs> I am out on Drew Locke. I know it's early on in his development, but that guy makes some of the worst decisions I've ever seen in my life. He has made horrible choices with the football, man. He'll throw some balls and make some decisions where I'm like, what are you doing, man? You know, and he's got a good supporting cast over there in Denver. Last week, some of the interceptions he threw and some of those choices that he made, I was like, this is grade school stuff, some of the things that he's doing out there. That you know better than. And and he doesn't. Like that that game last week against the Raiders was horrible. That was nightmare inducing with four picks. It was an embarrassing was it thirty seven to twelve? It was disgusting. It really was. Look, that that franchise right now, you talk about teams would go to Denver to mile high. They had almost like an eighty percent winning percentage when you go there. They would never lose really in mile high. They're one and three already at home this year. That that mystique is gone. And the 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 Denver Broncos at one time a powerhouse. They're finished. I mean they they they're in rock bottom. They really are. They got to do something. And John Elway, I don't know what the deal that he has done, but he hasn't done much to help that ball club. Well, the other part of this is. Look at the records. The The Broncos are, they've won more games than the Chargers this year. But I'd much rather be the Chargers. You got Justin Herbert. Oh, the future looks brighter. He looks like a legit franchise quarterback, right? Yeah. What, what do you have in Denver? Is Drew Locke your guy? I don't think so. He doesn't look anywhere near a legit franchise quarterback at this stage. So I would much rather be the Chargers, even though it's a much uglier 2020 season with them continuously losing one-score games. I'd rather have a quarterback of the future and a lesser roster right here, right now than the Broncos, who overall they've got a better roster, but they don't have a quarterback. I'd rather be the Chargers than the Broncos at this stage. You need a quarterback. You can't win that league without a quarterback. That's the bottom line. No quarterback, no It's a got-to-have position, man. You're exactly right. Brian No, Andy Furman together we call it Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. It's more of a battle of wits than talent. We call it bottom-barrel betting. And it's freaking next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Carol G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? 
And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bottom barrel betting coming right up about 12 minutes before the top of the hour. These Brian know. I'm Andy Furman. Together we call it Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. But we got a game to play. Let's play. You got that thing for me? It's bottom. Oh, really? I thought you was late. You put my money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your brain to sleep. Betting. Yes, here he is, the one and only, the amazing Vinay. Hello, Vinay. Hello, guys. It is a whole new game this week in bottom barrel betting. Uh-oh. A whole new good. game. Uh-huh. That's not good. No. Well, it's not. It, it's it's a good and a bad thing. Andy two and three. Brian three and two. Whole new ball game, as they say in baseball. We're starting with a tie. Oh nice. wow! We are tied up. Wow. I have finally caught you. Yep. I'm like DK Metcalf and your Buddha Baker. Yeah. Andy Furman, <laughs> just tracking you down, baby. And, and the good wow. thing, both of you have winning records this deep into the season. 28, 21, and 1 for both of you. Okay, we're making That's the people amazing. money. Yeah, so we're we're above we're above 500, which I believe in the gambling world, if you're at 54%, you're a really good gambler. There we go. So we're really good at this is what you're saying. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty good at Vinay. this. Yeah, yeah, that's how it is. All right, All right, so we start off our new season because it's a tie. Our new inning, uh-huh. our new game. Yeah. With Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan, total passing yards against the Saints over under 295 and a half. Oof. Whoa. 
Whoa. Who's you up? want me you to go, go first, first here, Andy, since go I caught you? You, you, you caught me. You go first. Okay, all right. Um, man, that's a good line by you, Vinay. I am going to go, even though they might be trailing and they might have to pass a lot, I'm going to go under just because you've got Taysom Hill there. Maybe it's a bit more of a grinded out game. Maybe the Saints are running more. I'm going to take the under. See, I'm going to take the over. I really do. I, th- I think that uh, Matty Ice is going to have a big day today. I really do. Hey, Even if they right. are trailing. It's a good line. Could go either way. Coin flip. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. All right, moving on. We go to the Raiders-Chiefs game. Running back Josh Jacobs, total rushing yards against the Chiefs, over under 74 and a half. Oof. Uh, uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over. I, I think that uh, he's tough. I, I I like that. I think that uh, you could pound against that Chiefs, Chiefs defense. I like, I like Jacobs. I go over. How much again, Vinay? 74 and a half. Yep, 74 and a half. That's a good line. He rushed for 77 yards in their earlier meeting. And the Chiefs don't have a great rush defense. No. Ah, That's rough. But, you know, Booker did his thing. I'm going to take the under. I'm going to be daring here. I could come to regret this big time. But, uh, you know, Derek Carr has had a good year. So I'll take the over. Maybe they throw a little bit more this game. Who knows? No, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's your decision here? (laughs) I said under. Yeah, I've been consistent okay. taking the under. Okay. What was okay, that? Good, now, wait a minute. Double, what was your just, choice? Just yeah, under. Checking. The whole time it's been under. All right. All right. Next up, we've got rookie sensation Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Total catches against the Cowboys over under of six and a half. Oh, that, am I up? Uh, am you I up? can I be. You, Andy. Okay. I go over. Over big time today. Hmm. Ah, six and a half. I'm going to take the under. I think there's a better chance he's under today. Adam Thielen's been a weapon. You're going to run the ball. Dalvin Cook has been a monster. He's only had like three games over like seven catches or more. Seven plus catches. So I'm going to play the odds. I'm going to take the under. Very good rookie season though. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, he's been a lot of fun to watch. So we go to the Titans-Ravens game, which you guys were talking about earlier. Tight end Mark Andrews of the Ravens, total receiving yards, over-under set at 40 and a half. Oh, I love the over in this one. Goodness. Uh, Lamar loves him some Mark Andrews. So give me the over in that. What was it again? How many? 40 and a half. You know what, though? Uh, I'm going to take the under. I'm taking a shot here. I just think that they're going to key in on him. I I know that Lamar likes him, but I just have a funny feeling they're going to key up on this guy. I'm going to take under. Okay. I appreciate the win, Andy. Thank you. I take all donations. We'll see. We'll see. Well, Well, we've got disagreements across the board here, so somebody could gain or lose a lot of ground. Yeah. Uh, Final one of the week, Raiders kicker Daniel Carlson, total field goals made against the Chiefs over under of two and a half. It's another good line by you, Vinay. I'll tell you what, lost Vinay. He doesn't set gimme lines. You know that's a tough one. My, I'll take the goodness. I'm gonna regret. I'm going to grit my teeth and take the under here. I think they score a handful of touchdowns. Give me the under. I got the over. They might be trailing, having to go for touchdowns. You know what I mean. Might bypass some field goals. I'll take the under. I got the over. We disagree all across the board, Vinay? Across the board. So wow. this is this could be a big gain for uh, one of you guys this week. 
Love it. I will say, all of a sudden, they discovered a running game. That and so much more. We're right here. Fox Football Sunday coming up next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. He just wants to know. That's coming right up. But first, it's time to say, and I'll say it loud and proud. Wake up, America! It's that time. Yes, it is. It's Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. We're coming to you live from the Fox Sports Radio Studios, brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. Now, without further ado, my partner, my friend, the man who's the brains of the outfit, my indeed pleasure to introduce him to the world of sports. The one and only Mr. Brian No. Hello, B. How are you? Doing great, Andy. Awesome today. You know, I, uh, you'd be proud of me. I'm very, I'm a very slow eater. That's the part you wouldn't be proud of. But, uh, during a commercial today, I literally inhaled a bowl of frosted flakes. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I could eat a bowl of cereal in a couple of minutes, but I did. I pulled it off here, Andy. I think I deserve some congrats from you with or without milk with milk. Okay. Just, the whole just, thing, just, you know, gone. Yeah, that was it. Good, me inhaling good. it. Good for you. I'm happy for you. Is that, is that your favorite? Is yeah. Frosted Flakes like your go-to cereal? It's on the short list. I would say, um, where am I? Shredded wheat. I really love some shredded I wheat. I do too. I do oh, too, good. yes. Put the frosting yeah. on top of that stuff. Yeah, baby, Tremendous. yes. Absolutely. Um, raisin Bran? What's that? Raisin Bran. Nah, I'm not a big Raisin Bran guy. Uh, not big on Raisin Bran. Uh, I'm trying to, there's another one that is... One of my oh cinnamon toast crunch is one of my all time oh, favorites. Oh, oh, oh. Wait, what? What? Nothing. 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 Wait a minute. Gesture. Wait a minute. It sounded like you're anti cinnamon toast crunch. We need to well, find I'm, this out before getting back into anti. the waters I, I, of ball. I would have it if there's nothing else on the shelf. I would get if it. If there's but. nothing else on the shelf, that's the baseline yeah. for cinnamon toast crunch. Are you serious right now? Correct. Correct. Yes. I'm not a big fan. I, you know what? Shredded wheat. You hit it right there, baby. Okay. That's my favorite. That's our common ground. Yes, it is. I love that. By the way, the question of the day was, and I guess he wants to know, that was the question he wants to have answered. It's all about the New Orleans Saints because Drew Brees, who was placed on injured reserve on Friday, he's out for at least three weeks dealing with several fractured ribs and a puncture in his lung. Oh, my goodness. He's expected to return in three to four weeks. The Chiefs game in week 15 that's the realistic return day for Drew Brees, so we'll see what happens. Although Brees says he thinks he's going to come back a week early against the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know. So the big question was today, why is Taysom Hill the starting quarterback against the Falcons today for the New Orleans Saints? Well, you know what? They asked the question to Sean Payton, and he says, I just want to know. I want to know if he's my quarterback in the future. And the funny thing is, if you look at the depth chart, on the New Orleans Saints, Hill is the backup quarterback on the death shot. So why is everybody screaming bloody murder that Jameis Winston is not quarterbacking today? Well, my whole thing is it's very simple. I can understand people being skeptical of Taysom Hill. Skeptical. Because he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. Correct. And he might not be a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. There have been a lot of guys that have had even more talent than Taysom Hill that haven't panned out. So I can understand being reluctant and being skeptical that this is going to work out. That's fine. But to the point that many people have taken this as if Jameis Winston is Joe Montana, 
Tom Brady, like uh, Randall Cunningham, and you know, like all these great traits, like the the best thrower of the football, elite athleticism. He's basically like Montana and Michael Vick back there. This guy is unbelievable. Like he's not that guy. Why in the world of all things holy is Jameis Winston being overrated? He's a turnover machine. So to be like, how could they not start Jameis? I don't know. Maybe throwing 30 picks last year had something to do with it. Call me crazy. But that's what's insane in my mind. The vitriol this week with the Saints not starting Jameis Winston, who's been a complete disaster and disappointment in the NFL. I shouldn't say complete disaster because... He did throw for over 5,000 yards. He threw 33 touchdowns. So not a complete disaster. But he has been a complete disappointment. He has not lived up to being a number one overall pick. And he's not the backup quarterback on the New Orleans Saints. As a matter of fact, Sean Payton said, until Drew Brees comes back, it's going to be Hill, unless it goes particularly poorly this week. And if that happens, Sean Payton said he could turn to Winston again. But right now, his quarterback is Taysom Hill. Yeah. And I tell you what, I respect him for that. And he's going to respect him and see what he does. Give him his shot. He took the reps in practice this week, first and second team reps. And, and look, you got to find out what the future brings because Drew Brees right now, even when he does come back, and he will come back, this could be it for him. What is he, 39? I don't think he's going to play next year. Who, Brees? Yeah. He's 41, man. He's oh, in 41, his 40s. Like, he's up there. I with- thought he was 39. No, no, he no. 39 was a couple of years ago. <laughs> like he right. he's up there, right? And this very well could be his final year. It right. seems more no, and more likely. No matter how old be. I think he may be, I think this is it this yeah. year. Right. And man, to have 11 rib fractures, you kidding oh me? 11? That's crazy. I'm going to circle back to the Taysom thing. Remind me something about experience. I want to point that out, but if we're talking about Drew Brees, I think this is important, Andy, because I hate that he has 11 rib fractures. But last week, that hit by Street, Contavious Street, the defensive lineman for the 49ers, that should not have yeah. been a penalty. That's football. He did not drive him into the ground. He didn't do the nesty plunge on top of Drew oh, Brees. Geez. That was a hit. That was a legitimate play that should not have been flagged. And I just think we're getting to a point now where officials, they're like, that was kind of a hard hit. Was that a hard hit? That looked like it kind of hurt. Like, I guess there's a flag. that No, there are a lot of hits that are going to hurt, that are going to injure other players that are still legal hits. Well, it's I don't think that should have been whistled at all. At all. Well, it's protect the quarterback at all costs because the quarterback is the key to the game. That's basically what they do. And I'm sure there's been an edict coming down from the league office to, at all times, protect the quarterback. I'm sure of it. That's still not a penalty. That's the thing. You can't be making up rules on the spot. If there are a number of things that would have been a foul, like under the letter of the rules, right? If you hit him helmet to helmet, right. if you hit a quarterback in his knees while he's in the pocket, right. if down the field, if it's a defenseless receiver, or if you're driving someone into the ground, if you're driving a quarterback into the ground, that's not what Street did. So right. it can't be like, wow, it looked like it hurt. Penalty? No, like that's you can't make stuff up on the fly. That was not a penalty last week. Well, it shouldn't have been, but it was, and that's basically it. And you got to move on. But I, I'm just saying that if it's a quarterback, the the doubt factor is going to be always in the favor of the quarterback. 
And if the official has any doubt whatsoever of throwing the flag or not, it's going to be in the favor of the quarterback because that's just the way it is. It's garbage. That call was garbage because there's nothing else that Street could have done. He hit Breeze and landed on the side of him. What's right. he supposed to do? Is he supposed to caress him to the ground? That At some point, you've got ribs, to be though. reasonable about how it is I to play it. defense. I get it. But you know what? It doesn't change the fact that he's got the broken ribs and he's going to be out for three to four weeks, which I can't believe okay. he's going to be back in four weeks. I can't believe that. Can you imagine how difficult it might be for him to even breathe, to take a breath, to take right. a breath, to, to sleep? How do you right. sleep? Right. I, mean, well, I, I can't imagine. Here's a couple of quick things based on what you're saying in the conversation we were just having. This was Steve Levy. He was doing the game for ESPN on Monday night right. when right. the Vikings beat the Bears. And he was talking. Nick Foles got hit in the head and there wasn't a penalty. There should have been one. And so Steve Levy hearkened back to the hit on Breeze and protecting quarterbacks. Right. So listen to this. I completely disagree with it. The league is trying to not lose their starting quarterbacks. You, you can't have it both ways. You can't hate that rough in the passer call and then be okay with Drew Brees being out for two or three weeks. It's got to be one or the other, and the league is looking to protect their most important assets, and that's their star quarterbacks. Okay, I, I totally disagree with it, Andy, because here's the deal. I want quarterbacks to be healthy. I want them to be upright. The league is better right. when they're under center. But it's football. Okay, they don't have skirts on back there. They don't have a different colored jersey like it's a high school practice and you can't hit the quarterback. You can hit the guy. And if you hit him legally and he happens to be injured, well, guess what? That sucks, but it doesn't automatically make it a penalty. And that's what a lot of people think these days. That hit by street was not a penalty. Even Sean Payton, the Saints head coach after the game, he was like, yeah, I didn't think that was a penalty. If anybody would have been swayed one way or had a a dog in the fight, so to speak, right? It would have been Sean Payton, and even he was like, no, I didn't think that was a penalty. You know what? What's done is done. The penalty is secondary to the broken ribs that Breeze has. It matters going forward. That's the whole point. It's not just revisionist history. It's going forward. You could see something like that today. And you you will see see something like that today. You could see it in a playoff game, in a big playoff game. If a defensive guy hits a quarterback, lands on the side of him, that's not a penalty. I would say this, and I heard what Steve Levy said, and and there's a lot of truth to what he said. They're out there to protect their quarterbacks. Oh, my gosh. They are. I mean, like when it's a foul, fine. When they're just making stuff up, that is BS. I'm with you. I don't you. want and quarterbacks what, protected like that. Go back go back in time. There's a very famous picture. You could Google it of Y.A. Tittle with blood rushing yeah, down his forehead. Yeah, when it was black right? and white. Okay, it's 2020 right. now. Things have okay, changed. No. Do we get that? And I'm just saying, that's that's part of the game. That's all. No, it's I'm not. Like, I, I'm agreeing with you. No, that's, but that's a bad game. example. <laughs> Andy, that's not what today is, right? Things have changed dramatically since those times. I'm no, just saying, but they, like, the hits were tougher back then. And they didn't protect the quarterbacks that they do today back then. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay, great. Like, they protect them a lot more today. But they, in some instances, they protect them when they get hit legally. And they're like, I, I don't know. It looked like it hurt. Penalty. It's, it's ridiculous. But in terms right. of the... The experience factor, if you go back to Taysom Hill Hill real quickly, Andy, because a lot of people are like, he doesn't have the experience. Who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have 
Justin Herbert or Baker Mayfield? Baker's got much more experience, right? It's easily Herbert. Would you rather have Joe Burrow or, I don't know, Mitch Trubisky? Trubisky's got a lot more experience. The point is this. Just because Jameis has more experience than Taysom Hill doesn't mean he's a better option, okay? This idea that, oh, Taysom Hill doesn't have experience. Therefore, what? Therefore, he can't be any good? I don't follow that logic at all. Well, look, it's one of those situations that they didn't expect Taysom Hill to even play. But the point is that you got to put the guy in because Drew Brees is in there. And the best option for, for, for Sean Payton and the Saints right now is Taysom Hill. Why? Because he knows what, what Winston can do. He's seen what Winston has lost games last year for his team with 30 INTs. He was a turnover machine. So why take that chance? At least experiment with Taysom Hill. And if he's not doing, he's not doing well, you can always bench him for Jameis Winston. That's what you could do, and that's what he's going to do. And I had no idea that Taysom Hill was the second quarterback on the depth chart. I had no idea. Well, you should have because they're paying him like that. They're paying Jameis a million bucks. But didn't right? you, think pay- Jameis, do you think Jameis was the backup quarterback? I thought he was. Well, he got in the game last week, right, when right. Breeze was out, couldn't go in the second half. But it's one of those deals where Taysom Hill is this gadget player. So he's not getting the reps in practice. Jameis is getting more quarterback reps in practice before this last week, right? So it did make sense for Jameis to go in there in that situation the way it played out. But no, this is not a shock to me. It's a surprise because Jameis went in last week and I'm like, oh, wow, they're going with Taysom. That's the only reason why. But right. the whole thing exactly. of he doesn't have experience. He's a guy that just runs the ball. and that It's like, come on, man. There's been so many dumb comments made about Taysom Hill this week. I'm not telling you he's going to be the next great thing. I'm just telling you there's a chance he can be actually good. I'm telling you there's a chance he could be better than Jameis, where the bar isn't set incredibly high. That's all I'm saying here. Look, obviously Sean Payton knows what he's doing, and he knows what he has in Jameis Winston. It's a bit of a gamble. There's no doubt about that because you don't know what you're going to get. But the point is with Taysom Hill, he's a, t- he's a tight end, he's a fullback, he's a receiver, he plays special teams, he could do so much more than Jameis Winston as long as he doesn't turn the ball over. And if he does some short passes today out of the backfield, they'll be fine. Just doesn't yeah. turn the ball over. And I, I don't think he will turn it over. I think he's got to change his style here, Andy. As a starting quarterback, it's one thing to try to be bowling over middle linebackers and strong safeties as a gadget player. You can't be doing that as a starting quarterback. You're going to get broken in half. He's not going to last. There's one word I would like. I would like Taysom Hill to get familiar with the word slide. Okay, you got to change your style as a starter. You're going to be carrying it more. You're going to be taking more hits. You can't be taking that much punishment and expect to last. It's not going to happen. No, I, I agree with you. But again, the question is out there. Will he, in fact, be a quarterback in this league? We'll see what he does today. But going down the road in the future, he may not be a quarterback. Really? I mean, we'll see what happens. He, he's got so many things going for him. You know, he's pushed into action because they need a quarterback. But he may not be their quarterback for the future. We'll see. All right? Yeah, obviously. Well, well we're going to find out. The guy's thrown 18 passes in the regular season. Right. It's just funny. Last thing I'll say is, like these fanboys, we talk about them all the time with Lamar Jackson. And remember, any critical thing about Lamar, and I, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a quarterback in the in the NFL. And they they act like you said something about their mom. 
You know, they're like, you can't say that about Lamar. Those same people are, it's open season on Taysom Hill this week. You know, it's just like, wow, man. Can we give the guy a start? A start just to see how he might pan out. That's all. Like, he might be actually decent. We'll find out. We will find out. He's Brian No. Get him on Twitter at The No Show. I'm Andy Furman at Andy Furman FSR or 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. No's picks at the end of this hour. But right now, it's payback time. But their defense is stingy. That's next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Juan Gabriel, Juan Gis, Selena, Selena, Celia Cruz, Azúcar, Harold G, La Bichota, Christina Aguilera, Extina, just to name a few. We're serving the whole story from rags to riches and all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Looking for the sweep that's coming right up. 23 minutes past the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. Nose picks coming up in about 15 minutes. But right now, this is one of the better games of the day, B. The Packers at the Colts. And last uh, yes. week, the Packers beat Jacksonville only by four. They didn't cover. They had a 12-and-a-half-point favorite spread. They did not cover. The Colts beat Tennessee, and the Colts right now have won three out of four, and their running game is picked up behind their fine offensive line. They're averaging almost 122 yards per game rushing over the last three weeks, so the Colts right now can give those Packers fists today because the Packers are suspect against the run game. This could be a tough game and a, and a tough one for gamblers for sure. I love the matchup. Packers play great offense. Colts have the number one defense. That's awesome right there, you know? And we'll see. Like, I have more faith in the Colts in this game because I would bet on defense. I don't like Green Bay's defense. And, of course, you look at it's a great matchup because I don't love the Colts' offense. I don't love the Packers' defense. And then the opposite is true when it's – Packers offense, Colts defense. Does that make sense? So I think they're evenly matched whoever has the ball. Um, But I think that Phillip Rivers, I would give him a a chance, and I think he's going to. I think he's going to perform well against that Packers defense. I just don't think very highly of them. So I know a lot of people look at the Colts and they're like, I don't know, can't quite buy in. Phillip Rivers, man. In a matchup today against the Packers, I think that's much different than Phillip Rivers facing a top defense. So I like the Colts in this one. I like the Colts too, and I like the way their wide receiver Michael Pittman has been playing. He's at 101 receiving yards last week. And I think the key to this game, really and truly, I worry about Phillip Rivers. I really do. Sometimes a, a foolish turnover near the end of the game may, may cause this game to go the other direction because I think it's going to come down to the wire. I think in this game, it might be the team that has the last possession will win this game. Well, again, I go back to who's he playing against? How good is their defense? It's one thing if they're going up against a a legit defense and you say, "Ah, I don't know how he's going to fare against the Steelers. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. That makes sense. But against the Packers? What do they really bring to the table defensively? What have they done so far this year? They can't stop their run game, that's for sure. They really can't. So uh, I, I like the Colts in this game. I really do. I think the Colts are going to win this game, especially coming off what happened last week against Jacksonville. Packers struggled last week against Jacksonville. Yeah, and it's a weird league, right? Like, sometimes one week a team struggles, the next week they look like the best team in the league. It's weird, but I hear you. I hear you about last week. It's Like, the Packers, sometimes they're guilty of that, too. It's a Chiefs thing. Sometimes they play to the level of their competition, but then they rise for the bigger games, you know? They didn't this year against a Tampa team. That's what's really stuck in my memory is Tampa, who is one of the better defenses in football, they just completely shut down Aaron Rodgers and that offense. I don't expect the Colts to do the same thing today, but I think it's going to be difficult on Aaron Rodgers. I just don't see him having a great game. 
So I'm going Indy in this one. I really like them. I think they've got a great yeah. chance in this matchup. I tell you what, look, looking for the sweep right now. You talk about the Chiefs and Raiders tonight. Week five, the Raiders won that game 40-32. They put a 40 on Kansas City. And I tell you what, I think there's going to be somewhat of a re- revenge factor because wasn't Andy Reid really upset because they had their buses circling the field after the game in, in celebration? I guess. I guess that, that was the reported story. I don't know how true that was, but I guess the Raiders had their buses rolling around the field in celebration after beating Kansas City. But the Raiders' defense is showing some life right now. Uh, over the last three weeks, averaging oh, about 14.5 points a game. So we'll see what happens. Well, the whole victory lap thing. <laughs> Andy Reid downplayed it this week. He's like, yeah, they can do what they want. We wouldn't do it, but they won, so they can have at it. The story is that John Gruden said the bus driver was a little bit lippy. Like it was a Chiefs fan that was a bus driver. So it was more so about the bus driver giving them some uh, some guff, as they said back in the day. Right? Right, right. I, you can believe what you want. I still think it's a Mickey Mouse thing to do. Whether it's the trash-talking bus driver or it's a victory lap against the Chiefs. It's like it's week five, man. You know, we're right. circling Arrowhead Stadium. Really? That's what we're doing? I just thought it was lame, right? But if you look at this Chiefs defense, the last time they were on the field, they gave up 435 yards and 31st downs to the Carolina Panthers. And you mentioned it, Andy, the first meeting against the Raiders. The Raiders offense had their way. Uh, sure but I is. think this is a different week. You look at the Chiefs, they're coming off a bye week. We all know how great Andy Reid is coming off a bye week. And also, the Raiders, they had a lot of players on the reserve COVID list. They got seven of those players back. All these defensive players, they're going to be able to go. But I just, I could see this being a beatdown. I think this is going to be a double digit win by the Chiefs. I think they get some revenge against the we'll Raiders. We'll see what happens. I tell you what, though. Uh... My guy, Josh Jacobs, and I think I had him in bottom barrel betting. He had 112 yards against Denver last week and two touchdowns. I expect a big day from him, but I just can't see the Raiders sweeping the Chiefs. I know there's no logic with that statement, but I just can't see the Raiders beating them twice in the season. I just I just think Kansas City is so much of a better team and more of a balanced team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's plenty of logic there. You're selling yourself <laughs> short, Andy. You know? Well... I, I well, just what? don't see the well, what? There's logic galore in that statement. Yeah, I think that the Chiefs sometimes they're guilty of sleepwalking. They're a right. really, really good team, and I do think at times they just they get bored. <laughs> I really do. Like that's not an excuse for them losing against the Raiders, but I think that they're a team that once their antenna is raised and losing to the Raiders certainly does it. I think they're really tough to beat. So I expect them to be focused today. This is a Sunday night primetime game against the team they lost to earlier in the season. I just don't see them being like, yeah, you know, we should be okay. I see them being focused, and when the Chiefs are focused, they're really tough to beat. I'm with you. I, I don't see the Raiders winning. I tell you what, I'm with you. I think it could be a 10-12 point game, maybe even more so. Maybe a two-touchdown game by Kansas City. I think they come out firing tonight. I by really the way, do. real fast, last thing yeah. I'll say on this is – both quarterbacks are tops in the league against the Blitz. So pay attention to that. When you look at QBR, you know, it's a little bit of a failed or a, you know, it's a flawed stat, but but 100 it's a scale from, you know, 0 to 100, right? Yeah. And you look at Mahomes, he's got a 98 
against the Blitz this year. Derek Carr is second with a 94 QBR against the Blitz. That's insane. So pay attention to that tonight. Who brings more pressure and how do Mahomes and Derek Carr handle it? They've handled it marvelously so far. So we'll see if that has an impact on the Chiefs or the Raiders on defense sending extra bodies. Pay attention to the Blitzes tonight. We certainly will. He's Brian Noah, Andy Furman, and the naysayers were loud, and the GOAT responded. That's next, but first, our own GOAT, Brian Fenley, with the latest. Um, yeah, I'm a Billy GOAT, by the way. And it, Guys, an onslaught of NFL games turning on in about four and a half hours. NFL Network is reporting the Panthers are treating quarterback Teddy Bridgewater as a game-time decision. He's coming off an MCL sprain. Lions QB Matt Stafford will start as he's overcome a minor thumb injury. Cowboys defensive ends Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory have cleared all of their COVID-19 tests, making them available today against the Vikings. Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard will see the field in a minimal role as he works his way back from a core muscle injury. And Patriots running back Damian Harris will tough it out through ankle and chest ailments. In college football from Saturday, top-ranked Alabama shredding up Kentucky 63-3. Bama wideout Devontae Smith racked up 144 yards and two touchdowns. 13th-ranked Georgia staring down Mississippi State 31-24. JT Daniels slings for over 400 yards along with four scores. 18th-ranked Oklahoma busts apart number 14 Oklahoma State 41-13. Spencer Rattler piles on four touchdowns. 20th USC pile drives Utah 33-17. The Utes polluted with five turnovers. NC State thaws out number 21 Liberty 15-14 stifling the Flames eight game winning streak and how about number 23 Auburn bludgeoning Tennessee 30-17 the Vols have lost five games in a row all by double digits for the first time since the program's beginnings in 1891 and Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines avert a fourth straight loss by slumping past Rutgers 48-42 in triple overtime Mm. Daxton Hill with the game-winning interception. Let's go slumping. Back. I don't think you've used that before. Some new material yeah, you're you know, working out. Gotta, I like that. you. Got to energize the mind. You Always know, evolving. Working Brian it. Yes, yes, yes. As a civilization, <laughs> and as I send it back to Brian Noah and Andy Furman, I must say, Andy, congratulations on the burgeoning bird watcher club that you have started. Oh, I'm told that pigeons and storks are your area of expertise. Yeah. All right. It's too bad the stalk brought you. That's the problem. All well, right. I mean, you are day. my father, yeah. but yeah, okay. I know, I know. I could. Have a great day. See you later. Okay, here we go. By the way, he was their MVP. We'll explain that in just about a minute. He's Brian No. I'm Andy Furman. This is Fox Football Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. And welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And, of course, we have nose picks in less than 10 minutes. But the naysayers were out after the Buccaneers got blistered by the Saints 38-3 two weeks ago. They came back. They were yelling for Tom Brady's head. They say it's it's over for him. It's all over. And what happens? He comes back last week against Carolina. They win 46-23. All he does was throw for 341 yards, three touchdowns, and no INT. So the GOAT is back. The GOAT is back stronger than ever. And Monday night, it's a pretty big ball game, Rams-Bucks. And honestly, when I say he's their MVP, I'm talking about left tackle Andrew Whitworth. May mm. have been the MVP of this Rams. 
Rams team, uh, maybe no, uh, behind no. Aaron Donald, but he yeah. was pretty close to it because <laughs> he's out with a six to eight week knee injury, and uh, he's a hell of a guy. Because I remember when he played for the Bengals, he's just a good guy, tough guy, and really shored up that line for them. So that was a big loss for the Rams with Andrew Whitworth going down. I'm glad it's only a six to eight week knee injury. I thought it was more serious than that when they carted him off. Well, that's still plenty serious. Yeah, Six to eight weeks. Been. Good Lord. You're talking about yeah. playoff time by that. You know. you know, so that's losing him is a big, big blow. There's no doubt about that. Right. Um, but with Tampa, they have not fared well in primetime games this year. They're one and two. So we'll see tomorrow night, Monday night, big stage. How do they fare yeah. against the Rams? But I think you hit on this. With Tom Brady, how ridiculous has it been? Just the roller coaster of reaction to Tom Brady, where one week he stinks it up against the Saints. He's washed. He's done. Next week he looks great against Carolina, so he's unwashed. Now we'll see tomorrow night. Let's say he has a little bit of a setback. Well, he's washed, and then he'll play a couple of games in a row really well. He's, He's not washed anymore. It's ridiculous, right? Like, it's just... It is a roller coaster this year with how people react to Tom Brady. The reality is he's still a good quarterback, and quarterbacks that are good are still capable of having clunkers. That's where right. we're at. Like, And he's having a good season with 23 TDs and 7 INTs. You take that all day. All day. Right. But, man, nobody has nitpicked more than Tom Brady this year. There are other quarterbacks that are. I'm not saying he's the only one. No one has nitpicked more than Tom Brady. Would you agree with that? Who's nitpicked Aaron more than Rogers him? Is a cl- Aaron Rodgers is a close second, but uh, Tom Brady leads the pack. Leads no. the pack. But- I, I Look at uh, Carson Wentz would be on that list, right? He's nitpicked yeah. like crazy, but deservedly so. Like right, who right. is unnecessarily nit- nitpicked more than Tom Brady? Who? No who? one. No, no one. I, I, yeah, he's no. top of the list by far. Anybody else who's nitpicked deserves to be nitpicked. Well, I don't think he deserves to be nitpicked as many as uh, as much as other quarterbacks deserve to be nitpicked, right? No, but uh, anybody else besides Brady who is nitpicked is deserving to be nitpicked, <laughs> right? I mean, like the quarterbacks on the Chicago Bears or Wentz. Right, or that's what guys, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, they, sure. They if you want to talk trash about Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, yeah, knock right. yourself out. If you want to talk trash about Carson Wentz being completely inconsistent and totally below average this I've year, added, yeah, yeah, great, fine. But Brady? You rattled off the stats collectively. It's a very strong season. But man, week to week, if he has a clunker, it's like, this guy sucks. Get him out of the league. And another stupid stat. Another stupid stat that they throw out there, and you mentioned it. You know, they haven't done well in primetime games where they won and two. You know, Uh I I, I don't understand. Do do players get more nervous in a primetime game, or it just happenstance that they didn't do well in those games? It's crazy, really. I mean, if you want to throw out a stat like that, which they do all the time, then I think it's only fair to ask coaches and or players, why haven't you performed better? You'll get a dumb answer, I know. But why haven't you performed better under the the lights of Monday night or Sunday night? And they'll just say, hey, it just happened that day. Played against a good team. We didn't play well. It has nothing to do with being on national TV, I don't think. Well, I don't think so either. I mean, I I just look at... They beat the, well, they switched the game with the Raiders. That was supposed to be a primetime game, but that was earlier in the day. So I take that back. They didn't perform well on Monday night against the Giants. That's their one win, right? They lost to the Bears where Brady forgot what down it was. That was embarrassing. And then they just got bulldozed by the Saints. So they they haven't, for whatever reason, they haven't performed well in primetime games. 
And this was something that Bruce Arians addressed this week. Listen to what they did practice-wise to prepare for this Monday night game tomorrow against the Rams. We're going to try practicing at that game time, Friday and Saturday night, uh, do some more stuff actually Monday morning uh, than we've been doing. And, uh, and see, we've got to try something. So, uh, you know, luckily we have an indoor facility and, uh, and we can work at night. So we're, we're going to do that and uh, hopefully get a better result uh, to start a ball game at night. So long story short, he's like, I really don't know why, but we're going to try something different. <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a mystery why they haven't gotten, gotten it done on, in primetime games. You know, it's about time he did something like that because you have to adjust your body clock when you're used to playing 1 o'clock Eastern every Sunday and all of a sudden you move to 8, 9 o'clock at night. I think it's a good move what he's doing playing at night. I think you adjust your body clock, the, the various uh, sleeping hours, or whatever it may be. I know it sounds crazy, but I think it's a good move. I do too. And by the way, before we move on, the Rams, I think the Rams are an underrated team, Andy. They're they're pretty decent. I like them defensively. Jalen Ramsey shutting down DK Metcalf was impressive. And we all know about Aaron Donald. The guy is just unbelievable. He's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. But would you agree with this? If you ask someone, hey, what do you think of the Rams? I think more people than not, if you asked someone to explain what the Rams are about – I think a lot of people would start with offense because of Sean McVay and he's this right. brilliant offensive mind and they, they're they a finesse team. I think a lot of people would say that. They beat you with play action passing and rollouts and misdirection. And, and the you players know, that they have on offense, the Cooper Cups and the Robert Woods. Yeah, right. I think they have more of a finesse reputation, but the reality is they can knock you around in the trenches. Aaron Donald is unbelievable. Right. And you have to be physical to run the ball. I think it's a little bit, a little bit, Andy. Think about Chip Kelly when he was at Oregon. Their reputation was, ah, they throw a bunch of bubble screens and they're a finesse team. They would run the ball down your throat. You've got to be would. physical to be able to do that. You know, so I look at the Rams in a similar regard where I don't think their reputation of being finesse and offensive heavy, right, led by their offense – I don't think that's the reality. Their defense can smack you around and get after it. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is going to be a good game, and I'll tell you what, I'd like the Rams to win this game. I'm taking the Rams to win this game tomorrow night. Outright upset, huh? Okay. Yeah, I am. All right. I'm going with Tampa. I think they get the better of the Rams. With all that being said, I still think Tampa is the better team. But hey, man, any given Monday as well. That's the follow. That's the sequel to any given Sunday. It just hasn't been made yet. I don't know if Al Pacino is still going to be the production. head coach. Yeah. It's in production. I know, COVID. Freaking COVID. Yet again. All right. I can't wait to hear your picks because there are a couple of good games out there, a couple of tough ones. I want to see if you're avoiding those games. So we'll do that. <laughs> okay. Are you, uh, are you saying you don't have the guts to pick the big games? Is that what it is? Is that where I'm you're waiting, going? I'm waiting to hear what games you pick. Then I'll see okay. if you have the guts or not. Okay. All but right. they really flushed out this winner. We'll talk about that next. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Nose picks coming right up about 12 minutes before the top of the hour. This is Fox Football Sunday. He's Brian Noam, Andy Furman. And by the way, at the top of the hour, which would be 9 a.m. on the East Coast, you can have the golden tones of Mike Harmon and LeVar Arrington. Yes, Harmon and Arrington, get them on iHeartRadio, on their iHeartRadio app, on SiriusXM Channel 83, and of course, on many of these same Fox Sports Radio affiliates. But right now, my partner, Brian No and Nose Picks. 
The deal. Are you in desperate need of gambling insight? Do not fear, for Brian No is here. And now the time has come for Nose Picks. All right, Andy, last week I went one, one, and one. Oh. Which was uh well, it was disappointing. It looked like it was gonna be two oh and one, and then the Pride Time game happened and the Ravens forgot to show up. So one one and one. We tried to rebound. Not a losing right. week, but uh, we will look for winning weeks here with nose picks. So I'm going to look. I'm going to go crazy here because I've got my three picks and I have three bonus picks, which are the big games of the day. Okay. So right. the first game, I hear the dogs barking, baby. Yeah, I hear the dogs barking when it comes to Tennessee plus six against Baltimore. They've got the rest factor. Derrick Henry went crazy in the playoff game. I think they keep it close, so I'm going Tennessee plus six. I'm also going to go with, uh, I'm looking at your Bengals, okay? Bengals, Washington. Washington, they've gained over 400 yards the last two weeks. I like the Bengals' defense. The Bengals' offense, they didn't perform well against the Steelers, but I got news for you. Washington, they aren't the Steelers. So I'm taking the over in this one, 47 and a half. Do you like that pick? Are you with me on that? Yeah, I do like that a lot. Yeah, Yeah. Bengals' good offense, stinky defense. I smell the over in that one. There you go. And then also this, Andy, my Dolphins on the road. Normally these are sucker lines, small favorites on the road, right? No, not this year. It's a different year. We don't get the same home field advantage. I'm laying the three and a half against the Broncos who have been a grease fire. I like Miami in this one. I'm you with good you. with that? I like all three. I like all three. Okay. Well, now, Titans, Ravens, ooh, tough. But I, I like it, though. Okay. These are your bonus picks here because these are the big games of the day. All right? Right. And you right. led into this segment basically questioning my guts. Do you have the yeah. guts to pick the big Do you games, have right? the guts? Yeah, right. I got the guts. These are your three bonus picks for a six-pack, right? Pack, right? Uh, yeah, Colts, uh, minus a point and a half. I'm banking on their defense. And I like Phillip Rivers against that Packers defense that isn't that great. So I've got the Colts in that one. I'm right. going to lay the nine on the road with the Chiefs. I think their antennas, bing, I think they've been raised, okay? They lost to the Raiders earlier this year. COVID cases, a lot of defensive players been on the COVID list. So for the Raiders, I like the Chiefs to win by double digits tonight. And the final pick tomorrow night, I think the Rams at least keep it close. I'll take them plus four and a half. What do you think about the prime time picks there? Your that three Chiefs bonus Raiders picks. nine, that's a big, big number. Chiefs Raiders by nine. You swinging the I, other I, way? Yeah, I am. Do I, I really get a firm in disagreement on that one? Yes, yes, you do. Yes, Did you, you do not just time. say that you, you could see a 10 to 12 guts. point win, maybe a two touchdown win by the Chiefs? Was I that you just mind. a couple of minutes ago? I changed my mind. <laughs> the game is in LA. <laughs> All right. Fair I enough. It's time to go your own time. way, Andy Furman. What do you I have for us my this own way. By the way, the organizers of the annual America's Best Restroom Contest have flushed out a winner in 2020. Sintas Corporation named the public restroom 
room in Bancroft Park in Colorado Springs, Colorado, as America's best bathroom for the 19th annual contest. Now, the high-tech restroom self-cleans after every 30 uses, features a touchless automatic toilet paper, soap and water dispensers, and hand dryers, and app alerts the park maintenance supervisor whenever supplies are running low. How do you like that? America's best restroom. Gotta visit it sometime. Go ahead, my partner. It's on the to-do list, you know? I think everybody has to check that thing out. I like this story. So there was a Brazilian bikini model, and one of her posts on Instagram was liked by the official IG account of Pope Francis. Okay, the the Pope liked a Brazilian bikini model's picture. And, of course, the Pope is like, I need an investigation. How did this happen? It wasn't me, though. I just like the idea of the Pope scrolling IG, seeing a girl and saying, freaking nice, freaking nice. I'm going to like that picture. He's claiming that's not what happened. Okay, so that's story number one. I love that one. How about this? A meteorite hit the house of a guy here in Indonesia. This is a meteorite. The guy got paid a million bucks for this thing. It's very, very old. There are a lot of scientists that are like, oh, I want to get my hands on that thing. It's worth a million bucks. Props to him. I wish my house would get hit by a meteorite, you know? Can that I'd happen? I'd rather go back with the Pope. I'd rather check out with the Pope when he's looking out on the internet. Really. <laughs> anyway, our time is up. We want to thank you for yours. We'll see you next week. Have a great day right here on Fox. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.